tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Tell me as always, Xavier Guerrero and Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you guys? Doing good. Hey. Nothing but bangers. That's Woo-hoo. what we've been giving you. I mean, I didn't think we could uh, top the Santos Benacci episode, but today's episode makes a run at it. For oh, those of you who house. love hearing Sam say, tell mood. Talmud. How do you say it? Talmud. Yeah, Talmud. yeah. Well, he says Talmud. it a lot in this episode. So get I ready. say it a lot. Yeah, I love. We have. You. Uh, I, that's why. Honestly, I love hearing you say that word. I don't know why. It just makes me laugh. That it, sounds. That's that sounds like it's really bad, creepy. Though. I know. I know. It is. You're like that's some me too shit. There are right some there. other people who like it though. You're Talmud. making him upset. How about when I say it? Talmud. Talmud. No. Talmud. <laughs> no, no, doesn't no. do it for you. I don't know. English is a second language. Trying to say Jewish shit sounds weird. Oh to yeah, me. that's probably the worst. So everybody, uh, I hope you guys with uh, Ron from uh, New England and Robbie, the fire Bernstein on, and it's a great conversation. We get into uh, Kazarians and you know the Talmud, and uh, it's a fun, great conversation. And the Rothschilds, it's a banger. And it's Hitler. A ba- what? And Hitler. No, why, why and you, Hitler. Why, why do you got me laughing now that he says it? Talmud? Yeah, he, he, he just, <laughs> he, you can tell you really like saying it. Yeah. Like he, he, he kind of, he, every time you, you slow down a Did little bit. Did it make you uncomfortable, the conversation, Johnny? No. Exactly, it did. You could see. No, but what what would have made me uncomfortable? I don't. Because you get saying. nervous when we get too deep. But I didn't think we got crazy deep. I, I mean, thought we got crazy deep. No, I we had a real so. fun conversation about Talmud and a lot of great stuff. Guys, I'm finally back on the road after a couple weeks off. Back on the road. I'm going to Michigan. Holland, come get weird, man. Grand Rapids, come get weird. Tickets, grab your tickets at samtriple.com. And then Ohio, three nights, three cities, three shows. Columbus. Okay, so go back to Holland is on the go up. Is on the 26th. Then the 27th and 28th, I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Come back home, chill, Bill. Then I go back on the road. June 2nd. I can, can you guys believe it's already June? Oh, my God. It's, know, it's pretty much over. As I'm hurling towards 50, <laughs> June 2nd, Columbus. June 3rd, Cleveland, Ohio at one of the greatest clubs out there. Hilarities. And then June 4th, I'm going to be at Dayton. Two shows in Dayton return to the scene of the crime. Come get weird. Hang out with me. Okay? Hang out with me. All right. And then June 9th, Eddie Bravo, myself, Xavier, and Jay Nice will yeah. be joining us down in San Diego. Two shows. Uh, first show stand up, second one QA, <coughs> Swarm Tank. And then I have another gig out there. And then June 17th, Tallahassee and Jacksonville. Come see me. Getting weird. Uh, back at it. A lot of premium content. 
All my premium premium content is available at rockfin.com. Just put Sam Tripoli in and see what comes up. Tim Hat Premium, Zero Premium, and then finally, um, Conspiracy Social Club, all premium for only $10. You also get We Don't Smoke the Same, Broken Sim, and a, a whole everybody on there, only $10. T-shirts, T-shirts, T-shirts. Yep, just go to t-shirts.com or samtriple.com. Grab a T-shirt. It's a great way to support the show. What else we got? Okay, cameos are on fire. There's that that link should be up there. Tim Fullhack and Sp- Only Conspiracies Telegram is a great place to go. We're almost at four thousand, and then I also have a zero one for my spiritual podcast. I have a uh, you, you'll be able to click that, then go back, and then all my free audio is available at samtriple.com. <coughs> Tim Fullhack, Broken Sim, which we just did a three hour. Banger! Yes, we did. That's yeah. a marathon. A That's a one. marathon. We Audio's always go out now. Check it out on everywhere. We go. Oh, we're just gonna do. Uh, we're just gonna just talk, and then bang, we go three hours. I discuss what's. I mean, basically, it's it's. I walk around L.A. looking for danger, and I find and it. You found it's not it. hard. Yeah, it's not yeah. hard to find danger. Yeah, it's in not. LA. I put my life on the line for broken sim. Talk about getting assaulted by Bobby Lee's uh, army of oh. care bears. Yeah, I mean, they basically called me a lot of meanie words. Uh, Cash Daddies is my financial show. Punch Drunk is my sports show. Union of the Unwanted is the most important conversation on the internet. It's it's a, a panel show discussing the latest in, in news and conspiracies. And then two of my shows are premium content. I am giving away shows from the vault Zero and Conspiracy Social Club. <coughs> um, so go there. Anything else, guys? Nah, I think that's pretty much it. I love you all very much. Yeah. El Paso, the shirts are being made. You're going to be able to go get them, most likely at the Sleepy Dog. I promise you, shirts, you're getting shirts, okay? And since you brought that up, I will be there back there again June 10th with George Perez. So if you're there oh, and you had a good time, back to the going scene back, of the crime? going back, dude. Definitely going to get shot out there in El Paso this time. Going with the Cholo. I might just send you with the shirts. I don't know yet. All right, make it happen. Make it happen. Dude. Hey, you go to the this show and get your shirt. Sell them the shirts. <laughs> hey, dude, they all came. They got it. I get them for free, dog. Anyways, sold them. That was, my, sold that was them. my flight back. <laughs> A few months later, they slipped on his website. And you're like, what the fuck? Hey, what the fuck? Chili, Chili's selling them, dude. It's not me. It's fucking Chili, dog. Yell at her. Don't yell at me. How's toxic selling? It's good. It's good. There's a couple more signed uh, tinfoil hat posters. Okay, Go get, get them over there. there. Go get good. them at fullytoxic.com. Fullytoxic.com. Uh, anything else, guys? Oh. All it. right, man. Enjoy this episode. It's a banger. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. All right, man. Super excited about today's show. We got a packed studio. We got a wonderful guest on Zoom in studio. He just did a uh, uh, show in L.A., and he's doing what I'm doing, man, which is setting up his own shit and doing it, bringing it right to the people. Uh, Very excited to have him on. Please welcome Rob the Fire Bernstein. How are you, buddy? 
Dude, pleasure to be here. Uh, we had you on screen one time. Now you're in studio, and it's great. And you got your buddy here. What's your buddy's name? My name uh, is Steven. He's our uh, official <laughs> resident non-scientist of the Run Your Mouth podcast. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Dude. I have no idea what his academic background is, but he's got the right kind of autism. Yeah, right. I mean, dude, there are some functional <laughs> autistic people out there, and so it's like it's almost like they're we're kind of computer geeks. So congratulations on that. And uh, your podcast is Run Your Mouth. Run Your Mouth. Okay, how's that going, dude? I love it. It's yeah. the best. Yeah, right. It is the best. Just total freedom. Yeah, that's what it is, dude. And uh, I, I, it's so funny. I call up my friends. I'm like, hey man. They're like, yeah, I'm pitching this show. I'm pitching that show. I'm like, why are you doing that? Get a podcast. Put all your time and effort into that, and it will go. And speaking of a guy with a great podcast, I'm very excited to have him on. Please welcome from the Wicked World, the Wicked Planet podcast. Please welcome Ron from New England. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Sam. How are you making out? I'm blessed. I always uh, enjoyed our last conversation. I enjoy your passion, and I'm super excited to have you on. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming. For those who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast? Well, like, like I said, uh, my name is Ron from New England. I'm the host of the Wicked Planet podcast, a podcast about a year old. I uh, started kind of getting my feet wet back during the uh, first part of the pandemic and decided it was time to branch out and do my own show, just like you recommended for other people to do. So I did that. And we're a little over a year in, and uh, and it's looking good. We're having a good time. We got a really good audience, and we're just working to build on that. But uh, you know, and you can find our podcast just about anywhere. You know, wherever you get your podcast, uh, Spotify is a, a pretty big one. Uh, Apple, Google, Podbean, you know, all the usual suspects. You can find us. So come check us out. And well, I, I gotta know: is that a green screen, or do I you was have, ask the same thing. or do you have all the Jew money we're about to talk about? <laughs> Uh, it's a little bit of both. Uh, that That is, uh, I'm actually in my studio and you don't, you know, need to look. I have a big whiteboard up there where I put out my maps or whatever I'm working on. But uh, this particular picture here is uh, is not my den. Okay. But it's the best, uh, coolest looking picture. So it so is a green it screen. It is a green screen, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. there is no reality anymore. <laughs> so might as well just, like, yeah. Is it real? I would have said, what is real? Tell me that. Um, I mean, I would love to have it set up at my house, but that just is not going to work. There's too much action going on there. I like that. I love yeah. that you basically live in an opium den. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, dude. You know, when the metaverse is going and I'm in the old home, I will be in an opium den with fucking hookers all day. And leave my kids just a little bit of inheritance and then leave me the fuck alone dog because daddy's yeah. king of the metaverse <laughs> so um i'm very excited today about you know this follows up our great podcast with santos Bonacci talking about black nobility talking about the vatican and uh the connections between the persian empire and the vatican you know and uh for me that kind of Connects a lot of dots. You know, Alex Jones, like we said on the last show, got in trouble for saying that the um, that uh, Muslims are trying to run the Federal Reserve. And everyone's like, oh, dude, why, what were you covering for the Zionists? And this is where we get into. And this is this is the argument I always have with a lot of people when I'm like, it's Jews don't run everything. 
They are middle management. My apologies. Man, Jews get... Mark Marin got so mad at me. He's like, oh, let me guess. Jews run everything? I'm like, no, they don't. And he's like, what? We don't run everything? I'm like, pick a lane, bro. No, I think you're actually right on that. Because you, you look at most of these institutions, and if Jews didn't exist, the institutions would still be there. But for some reason, Jews seem to get the middle management positions. Like, in other words, porn would exist without Jewish people. But we seem to be very successful at running the bigger websites for it. Well, I think like, you guys are positioned for that. And like in the end of the day, like what people are really into is the symbols they show you, which are tend to be occult symbolism, which is like what they do behind closed doors. So are there Jews in positions of power? 100%. But what do they represent? What what do they really believe? And, I, you know, for me, when I saw that, like, Israel just totally lit up, you know, is, you know, Israel with vaccines, I go, if you're really one people and you really love, why are you doing something you know isn't right and vaxing your people up to, like, 98%? Because, in my humble opinion, there are levels to this shit. Yeah, and that, and the the head of Pfizer, that guttural speaking Israeli Jew. Yeah, he just sounds like a guy who's ripping you off, and you're gonna end up with a carpet that somehow catches on fire. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Like here on Melrose, we would always have like there's just these shitty clothing stores, and for the longest time, they would just put hot twenty year old chicks outside, and they were all ran by the same Israeli group. Yeah, that, they just they're just running game at this point, and they'd be like, "Bro, for you, I like you, bro. I give you a, this normally." $70, $30 for you. I'm like, come on, bro. He's like, and then as soon as you walk out, the pin, yeah. the button falls off, and they're like, oh, it's yours, you bought that. But Ron, so I want to just get into that because, you know, uh, Rob isn't, isn't he's, he's a, would you say you're a conspiracy theorist? I, 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 the answer is no, but yes, because what I believe to the average person is conspiracy. Like, I think the, the Federal Reserve right. does not work in our interests. Like, you might go a little bit farther and go, hey, it's the Rothschilds all the way back to these people, which I wouldn't argue with. I just haven't really gone that far with it. But there's a deep state, and most of the world government is not working in our interest. Right. That That is my accepted reality, right, which most right. people would see as conspiracy. Right, 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 right. So uh, that's why I'm glad you're on, because you could hear this whole thing. <laughs> you know, it's like Dave Anthony. I mean, not Dave Anthony, Dave Smith. Uh, Dan's Dave Smith, right? Yeah, uh, Dave Smith, and then uh, you know someone like Jimmy Dore. Like they, they don't like being called conspiracy theorists, and that's fine. I, I get it, but it's like you give it power when you when you get angry about it. If you just accepted it, they would just be okay. Fuck it, we can't get them with that shit too. But it's like they're into everything up until we talk about right. lizard people <laughs> or a giant pedophile ring or something like that. But Ron wants to talk about the uh, black nobility and that to me and the Kazarians, right? You want to get into Kazarians and Kazar and all that stuff. So where do you want to start, bud? Well, I mean, it's just like any other good story. Probably should start at the beginning, right? Because we hear, you know, you know, the whole thing about the Kazarian Empire is that like in history, no one has even heard of that. I mean, I'm a total history guy my whole life and I had never heard of the Kazarian Empire. And what kind of brought it all to light was this whole thing with between Russia and Ukraine, right? So I start looking into it, and then I start finding more interesting things. And then, and then of course, you jump down the rabbit hole, and it goes deeper, deeper, deeper. And uh, and we've got some uh, we've got some interesting points to make. But I think it makes sense to give a little background on the Khazars, uh, you know, before we get into you know the conspiracy part of it. And look, 
No, everybody calls me a conspiracy theorist too. And I mean, that's fine. I think that's just a general label that everybody can give us. Right. I mean, anybody that wants to look into anything that's alternative or goes against the, the mainstream uh, narrative. But I think there's more to, uh, there's definitely more out there than what we're being spoon fed. And I think this is probably part of it. So, but, but you kind of got to go back to the beginning. So, so we can do that if you're ready to jump in. Let's do it. I mean, I, yeah. I'm excited about it. And it's like, it's weird when things start to really click that you're like, yeah, maybe there is something here, right? I mean, I believed in this thing forever. Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Titan. That's right. Titan guys, listen, investing is important. You have to go, you have to figure out who to trust, who not to trust. You have to do your work. You have to invest smart. Okay. A lot of people want to get into the market. They don't know how they don't know who to look for. Well, you know, I want to tell you about our friends at Titan. Okay. With Titan, you have a personal investment team that researches and invests for you so that you can aim to outperform the market while giving you a courtside seat to become a smarter investor along the way. With Titan, you you get access to strategies similar to those in the 1% without having to be an ultra-rich guy or pay hefty fees, okay? All it takes is $100 to get started. Deposit your money, select which of their portfolios you want to invest in, and that's it. Titan experts will give you updates about the market and decide decisions being made with your money and you can ask them any questions within the app and now titan brings the knowledge to an expertly managed crypto portfolio okay we all know you should get into crypto but who knows where to start instead of trying to guess let the team who eats sleeps and breathes crypto to do research and invest with the fast growing asset class i do like titan uh, i have a hundred dollars in the in the app and i'm interested in looking on how to start investing into my retirement okay i am looking at it all right Guys, so check out Titan if you want to be aim to become the smartest, wealthiest investor you have ever been. So head to Titan.com slash tinfoil to get $50 when you invest with Titan. You must go to the URL or you will not get the $50. So this is what they need you to do, okay? Just do it. That's $50 when you go to Titan.com slash tinfoil and invest with Titan, okay? This is a sponsored podcast ad. I am a client of Titans and invested in flagship opportunities and crypto portfolio. And I just got to say the idea of not being open to things other than what the government's been feeding you. I mean, look at the last couple of years. Uh, Trump was supposed to be a Russian asset. Yeah. The vac uh, mm -hmm. There was supposed to be a virus that was supposed to kill me. There was supposed to be a yeah. vaccine that would save my life. And you just go a couple stages deeper. You know, like, like I remember the first book I read that was talking about... Uh, uh, Kissinger, right? And I was like, this can't be real. And then you find, well, that's 100% real. Or you read about the Fed and you're like, yeah, the monetary system has been hijacked by the banks that are going to, you know, create money out of nothing and steal my money through inflation. So I'm just saying, like, I don't know where we're going from there, but there's a framework that if you're not willing to kind of go, everything that's been told to me is bullshit and you're not open right. to new information, then you're an idiot. We're not going from there. This is the prequel to there. Okay. 
That's what we're. This is kind of like. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm level one, yeah. but I'm not looking at level two and going, "Hey, that can't be true." One hundred. That's what I'm saying. One hundred percent. And this is Better Call Saul to Breaking Bad, right? <laughs> all right. Like, how do we get to that? And what sets up this thing that we all kind of agree on? And that's where it gets a little weird. And it is funny that there's certain things that people get really protective of. You know, it's like if you said, oh, you're not running stuff. Oh, but that's an anti-Semitic thing. You're like, what are you talking about, dude? I'm literally saying it's not you. And, and just the way people get conditioned to think, to take offense to certain things just baffle my mind. It just baffles my mind. So, Ron, where is where's the beginning? Well, when you when you when you start thinking about things like that, Rob's talking about like the Federal Reserve being taken over or uh, actually enacted by, uh, you know, the deep state or what we call the cabal or whatever. And, and it goes like it has a direct lineage, I feel, back to the Kazarian Empire, which uh, which ended up, you know, morphing into the what what is called the Kazarian Mafia. Now, listen, I'm not a total like scholar on this deal, but I have done a ton of reading about it over the last few months. And it's just it's very it's very interesting. But it's just like anything. The more you read about it, the more different angles that you can find. Right. But let's take it back to the beginning. Like like who are the Khazars? Right. That's the biggest question. You know, anybody listening to this show, you know, maybe, you know, has no idea who the Khazars are. But the Khazars were a group of people that back at uh, well, they're saying they didn't come to power until about the sixth uh, century AD, which would be in the five hundreds. But uh, you know, the, there's some there's some stuff out there that suggests that they were even around like way before that, right? So, so the so the Khazars uh, were kind of like the holdovers from the Huns, like Attila the Hun, and uh, and when and when Attila the Hun had passed away, and his son tried to you know took it over, and basically ran it into the ground, which is something that a lot of sons do when they take the yeah. dad's business over. Yeah. Uh, the the Khazars kind of come into being, and 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 what they did was, uh, you know, they took some of what was left of the Huns. Uh, the Khazars themselves were were uh, described as like a nomadic tribe with uh, with Turkish roots. Uh, and I think that's only because that was, I believe, the root language that they spoke to begin with was uh, some type of Turkish language uh, back in the uh, 500s, 6th century. Uh, and, and then what they did was they, they ended up just being uh, pretty much a melting pot of people, which, you know, I drew a lot of parallels between the Khazars and the United States. Uh, and there's a lot of parallels that can be made there because, you know, you take the United States and we're a conglomeration of, you know, countless types of people. You know, and as uh, it was like 25 different ethnic groups that were all kind of encompassed into the uh, the Kazarian Empire. But in the beginning, they started out they started out kind of small, just like anything. You know, they had uh, I don't know, maybe like a few thousand of them to begin with, and then and then as time went by, you know, they they would uh, send out these little raiding parties, and they would raid all their neighboring clans and tribes and whatnot. And when they defeated them. Well, they would take the people that they wanted to. They would like they would like bring them into the fold to give them the opportunity to join them or, you know, suffer whatever consequence uh, was going to happen if they decided they weren't going to do that. So, you know, you take a few hundred years of that and, and then before you know it, you have yourself a pretty big empire. Uh, you know, again, if you want to uh, compare it to the United States. Right. So uh, there was the remnants of the Huns, uh, the Go- uh, Turks. I guess is a, is another uh, clan or another type of people that they kind of assimilated into the Kazarian empire. And uh, you know, basically, basically whoever, whoever they could conquer, 
you know, is, is what they added into the fold. So the first, the first King of uh, the Kazarians was, was a gentleman named Urbis and, uh, he was the first, what they called the Khan, because it was called the Kazarian Kaganate, uh, is, is, is what they used, you know, instead of the empire or whatever. But, uh, and, and they're located where they started so, out was, uh, well, north, hold north on a of the, uh, hold on, hold on, Ron, hold on. What did you want to ask? Ron? I want, what was, what did he go by? Was he King Kong or King Urbis? King Urbis the first? I believe he was Khan Urbis. Con Urbis. So he didn't even yeah. he didn't even use the king title. No, because the king title wasn't used uh in those in like Turkish yeah. uh Turkish groups or the Huns or anything like that. They were called Khans. Genghis just Kong. like just like they do in uh I uh what's Iran now and uh, early Iraq, uh Persia, for instance, or or even Arabs. So kings were more of a Western thing. Yeah, yeah. Kings were more of, uh, you know, North Africa, European type of thing, monarchies. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- these were these were essentially monarchies. Right. But I mean, they just had the head, the head leader and he was considered, you know, I mean, we could call him a king. But that's bas- That's basically what they were. They were the leader of their group or the leader of their empire. And they called them cons. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's super interesting, this whole timeline and this, you know, just what we learned from last week and what we've learned today and just that the the geopolitics of that time were was super interesting right because there were somewhat a couple empires that were either going out or coming in and it was like you had the russian empire you had the persian empire and you had genghis khan and all these kind of different geopolitical enemies that were surrounding uh, Kazaria, right? Right, yeah. And and Kazaria, uh, like like where you see where they were uh, geographically, were north of the Caucasus Mountains. And the Caucasus Mountains lie in between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. And and the Caspian Sea actually used to be called the, the Khazar Sea. Uh, which which is pretty interesting there. But if but if you look at a map, actually I have a map here. Uh, if you see like the, so, you have what it was Kazaria, which is right in between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, and, and it goes as far north as uh, like like into modern day Russia. And, and why they and why they were able to be you know to to get strong because the the Caucasus Mountains kind of isolated them from like the uh, Persian Empire and even even the Byzantines right which they which they ended up becoming allies with the Byzantines to fight against the Persians later on uh, the, you know they decided that they would ally themselves with the Byzantine because between the two they could they could hold off the Persians. Which later, you know, became the Muslims became became Islam when Islam came to be, uh, which was a little around five hundred, uh, the year five hundred of the Common Era, which is you know after after you know year year one. So you know they uh, they they were really isolated, and anybody that tried to invade them, you know, obviously uh, from the south would have to go over the Caucasus Mountains, and evidently there's only a couple of passes that make that uh, make that possible. Okay, yeah, there you go. You, so you have, so you see, you got Kazaria, and just below that, Sam, is you, you got your Armenians. My there. people. Yeah, your people, which actually had 
had a little uh, had a little uh, a little kind of a fight with the Kazarians. Uh, of course, at one dude. Time. That sure. that's a big. This is a big part of modern day Armenian history. And you go, well, why hasn't Israel called out Turkey for the genocide, right? And everyone's like, well, it's geopolitical and that, you know, Israel needs to have people that are on their side. No, man, if you go back far enough to Kazaria, okay, Kazarians, when you go back far enough, have Turkish roots. And if exactly. you, and there, if I you, always thought we were trying to monopolize complaining. Yeah, I, well, dude, I mean, you guys won that thing. You have a, a billion <laughs> movies about your Holocaust. Yeah. We have, like, one about ours. So and you guys won that thing. But that is a big, big thing of, in the geopolitics. Why? Why didn't Israel ever recognize it? Because as you go farther back, I mean, if you look at the, the names that are associated with the foundation of Israel, it's, it's one name, the Rothschilds. And they are as you go far back enough, have Kazarian roots if you go back far enough, right? Yeah, and we'll get into that, Sam. My problem. When, when, we, when, we, when we get, when we get uh, you know, a little bit into when, when the Kazarian Empire was defeated and how they just kind of uh, decided that they would go into the shadows, go underground, and this is when they were uh, really being active in, you know, what we would deem like illegal things to, to you know, uh, a massive fortune, and that is when they got into bed with the Bowers, better known as the Rothschilds. Here we go, uh, as 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 their frontmen. Okay, but uh, but and this was the whole reason why I got into Kazaria in the first place was because of how we heard all the and let's just call them conspiracy theories, so we don't get into trouble with anybody because we don't <laughs> know these to be fact, but it's pretty common knowledge, right? That that Ukraine is the the kind of center of money laundering for the elite. It's it's number one in human trafficking. I think that's an actual stat that's legit. And, uh, you know, it could be drug trafficking, any of that. Any, anything that the elites or the people that want to, you know, the new world order want to control, they do it out of Ukraine. And that's how the, that's what the conspiracy theory goes. Now, if you look at the map, you'll see that the western end of Kazaria actually encompasses what is today Kiev or or what they call Kiev. Uh, and you know what, I just a little sidebar on that. I always wondered, like me growing up in school, it was always Kiev, Kiev, right? And now, you know, on the news, they're calling it Kiev. And I kept asking myself, why do they call it Kiev and not Kiev? Well, Kiev is the actual Ukrainian pronunciation of the word, and Kiev is the Russian pronunciation of uh, of the word uh and, and because the ukrainians you know they want to distinguish themselves separate from the russians obviously that's why they left the uh, the russian uh the russian republic right was to be independent so they so they want to just call it kiev but if you look at this map of the kazarian empire well it goes over to kiev right kiev right on the Dnieper river i mean that that was like the, that was like the western border of kazaria okay all right. Yeah. We're talking like all the way to the right on that that area right there in there. Yeah. So yeah. So if you're looking at a map, look all the way to your left, just above the Black Sea, you see where you have Crimea, which Crimea was was uh, 
the Kazarian oh, Kiev, Empire I see it now. My had apologies. control of Crimea. So it's all the way yeah. on the left. There we go. All yeah. right. All yeah. right. There we go. Yeah, you're totally right, man. So it's yeah. right there in the middle of it. Can I ask? Yeah. So, in your opinion, so what's the Ukraine global elite play? Why is it such a strategic asset? You said that it's a money laundering, but what's the dynamic on that? Why do they need Ukraine? Well, you know, not absolutely sure on that. However, I do know that the United States has installed the current government, Zelensky. Right. I mean, I mean, they they deposed Poroshenko, uh, and then of course, you know, then they charged him with uh, treason and all this. And then, of course, the president before Poroshenko was the president that uh, the Russians didn't want in because you know Putin got accused of poisoning him with dioxin. If you if you guys remember that story. But, but Poroshenko uh, wasn't playing ball with the United States, which means he probably wasn't playing ball with the Kazarian Mafia either. So so I think this is where the conspiracy theory came in, that they had to get rid of him. And this is, was the beginning of the uh, Ukrainian civil war uh, that actually ended with Zelensky being installed as the president. And who, if, you uh, you want, if you want to get into why would they want there, one, if if this theory that we're beginning to get into is true, which if you're asking me, I believe it, but you know, I know you're more of this is new to you, but if this is true, let's say they want their homeland back, they want to control it. And it puts them on the border of Russia in which now they can start to destabilize Russia. They do it all the time. They did it with Iraq. They did it with Afghanistan. Well, Iraq was with Iran, but Afghanistan was the same thing. Pull the Russians into a prolonged war to, to drain them financially and drain them uh, their military. And then you can get into why are we, we going. Why don't they like Russia? What is it about Russia that makes it so different than China for the longest time? It was communism, all this stuff. Why? And then w- this is what I think we get into. We get into, and this is another weird thing for you. I'd love for you to come on sometime and talk about it. But it's like Kazarians versus Tatarians, dude. And that empire that's been wiped off the... The, the history books. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at American Home Shield. Okay, for 50 years, American Home Shield has protected household budgets from the unexpected, like a dryer that won't dry or the AC that's lost its cool. In fact, they help cover the cost to repair or replace parts of over 20 home systems and appliances when they wear out, no matter how old they are. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See the plan for details, okay? If American Home Shield can't repair the covered items, they will replace it, okay? American Home Shield members get more. More coverage options, fewer exclusions. From HVAC systems to plumbing to kitchen appliances, their plans help protect parts of up to 23 essential home systems and appliances. Electronic coverage available for unlimited number of eligible items like smart watches, TVs, and more. Okay. Options include roof leak repair, pool and spa coverage. Coverage available no matter how old your systems and appliances are. And trust me, guys, I totally understand this because right now I have a refrigerator that is breaking down. I mean, it's saying goodbye. It's <laughs> it's writing its will. It's calling it a day. We're calling relatives in to say goodbye. Uh, it's just unbelievable. This refrigerator is going down. And if I had American Home Shield, I wouldn't have to worry about it. It would be really simple. 
Okay, so here's what I need you guys to do. Keep your home up and running in a budget on track with American Home Shield. Right now, Tinfall Hat listeners can take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. Go to ahs.com slash tinfoil now to save $50. That's ahs.com slash tinfoil for $50 off any plan. Okay, service Fees, limitation, exclusion, supply. See plan for details. Okay, American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. So I would have thought the Ukraine thing, it's more Nord Stream, Russian oil, and the lithium. Like, I would have seen it more geopolitics. You're seeing it more as these are ancient tribal fights. And, but it is that too. It's on top. It's all that stuff. It is that, Sam. It, it, it is. It, the, the beef between Russia and Ukraine goes all the way back to what we're going to be getting into. Yes. I mean, it is, is li- literally over uh, 1,500 years old, so that it, beef. It, it's kings that are still pissed at each other. And they're like, this is this is like their capital city. They're basically playing a game, and so they want to be able to reinstitute their capital. They city. They want their homeland back. And I don't, I don't think I it's just, just that, just, Sam. One, one more question on that concept, like, so I understand, like, to the Jews or even to the Muslims, going, hey, this is the Temple Mount, and I've got my history, and this is like a religious location. Right, right. So if they don't have like a religious location identity, why is there, why is there like a homeland aspect to these people? that they can't just go make a capital wherever. Like, why is it specifically that they like have an attachment to that slice of land? Ron. Now, are you talking about Ukrainians, Rob, or Kazarians? No, I'm talking about the, if, if you're saying that the Kazarians want to kind of reinstitute Kiev as, as part of their, because they've got this ancient food with the Russians. And so they want to like retake their slice of land. So I'm asking why would they even have an attachment to this slice of land? Well, I think the Kazarians have always had control over what is Ukraine today. I, I, I think I just think that because, you know, it was always this ongoing beef with Russia, which which we're going to get into. But the one thing you've got to ask yourself, why does anybody want Ukraine? Well, you have to ask yourself, well, why did Hitler want Ukraine? Because Hitler wanted Ukraine big time. And Hitler took control over most of Ukraine at one time. And this is why the descendants of the Nazis that were into Ukraine are now these ones that they're talking about the Azov battalion that are admitted Nazis, right? These are descendants of the original Nazis that stayed there. And after inspiring the war. American shooters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Biden, Biden backed uh, <laughs> army militias. Oh, I, thought it was you, Tucker, I thought it was Tucker. No, no, no. That, that's what they Carlson. want you to believe. But you understand that like, all that is to not, to get this is that is part of the psychological war of so you don't know if you're coming or going, right? That's it. Oh, oh Nazis everywhere. Oh, we right. can't work with Nazi. Well, we work with this Nazi. Then this Nazi inspired this Nazi <laughs> who shot Black Lives Matter. And then you know, and it's it's all a, a fucking <laughs> a psychological operation to shish kebab your brain. Right. So you don't know if you're coming or going. And it's layers on layers on layers. And this is what they've been doing forever. And But it's they've been cranking it up. Because it almost distracts us. In your mentality, because then it distracts us from the real like the real storylines here, which are these other groups that no one's pointing to and going, hey, there's actually this secret society, yes. and that's the real enemy. Well, I mean, if you get into the, like, the abortion thing, that drops right when the Pfizer dumps company. This this shooting happens when the tri- the next day the Hillary Clinton trial starts, right. which is like, 
Her team and that lawyer are getting their dicks kicked in and right now. And we're all now. watching Johnny Depp and Amber Heard right? on YouTube Right, nobody's instead. paying attention yeah. to that. So the, right. the, like, the layers of power. And you know, going back to something you said earlier, man, it's just like, you, you'd like, if they had it their way, well, if they had it their way, they would be doing it right now. And like, people need to understand they can't. Right. Like, if, if they had all the power in which they make us think they, they have... We would be done right now. That's my humble opinion. And this is like, this is the game. I mean, if we get into these Kazarians and all that stuff, there's not enough of them to run everything. But they have this giant fucking system that went under the, the fucking ground that nobody paid attention to forever because the, the system in which we got information was completely controlled by the same people. And so the news, books, uh, you know, movies, they were television, they were all, you know, magazines and all that shit. The media were all controlled by the same people. So we never got any of that information. Now the internet is just, it's so much bigger than them. And they're like, okay, if you could, and I say this all the time and I'm getting, get comments. Stop saying the same thing every week. I'm like, well, that's, I'm, this is me. This is who I am. I don't know. You want different takes, get a different show. But it's like, if they could shut down the internet, they would. I just think there's just it's bigger than them, and there's there for all the darkness, there's light pushing back on it, and then you start getting into the spiritual shit. But that's really what I think. I it mean, is. they just, not that they shut it down, but did anybody hear that uh, Lane Maxwell's sentence got reduced by ten years? Yeah, I did not. I yeah. and I follow the news. It's always yeah. amazing. No, she hasn't gotten sentenced. It got okay. reduced or something by no, like ten the, years. No, the or the amount of the, which is an interesting. Do you even think she's in a cell? If I were the powers that be. I would find some other person, shove them in the shell, cell, and go, yeah, that's Ghislaine. I mean, I mean all we got is her looking through a glory yeah, hole saying, with a beat-up eye. Are, are we, do, do we have a live stream on the cell? Like, if I, I'm just saying, if I were the powers that be, I would be shoving some other body in that cell and just saying that's her and be done with it. you know why they say, and I forget who told me this, so I need to give them credit as soon as I hear it. Do you know why they haven't sentenced her yet? They, somebody was saying that deals with that stuff? Because she's singing. Uh, okay. So they yeah, have, that's why she's going to get her sentence reduced. Is all because she's giving it I all. I mean, we away. haven't even seen a mugshot of her. Yeah. So I mean, this I mean, goes you, back I, down to it. So now we get I into mean, this whole. You'll thing. just agree. You want to know who needs to sing on this? It's the FBI. On where the fuck is that safe? They took a safe out of his home. Like th that's the real story. Where's the, Anthony I'm, Weiner's laptop? Yeah. That's the real story. I'm just bro. saying, like the FBI, I, I, the FBI only went live with this because they lost that Freedom of Information Act about the deal they cut with him, <sighs> and then they pulled the classic politician move, which is what they're doing with the UFO stuff. Oh, we're even more concerned than you are. That's yeah. what they always like to do. Oh, you think you're concerned? This is how concerned I am. And then meanwhile, they're sitting on all this shit. Like they literally have the safe from his house. They just tell us the blackmail story. We all know what's in there. Yeah. You're asking logical questions yeah. in an illogical time. <laughs> All right, sorry, I'm, I got ADD. We're no, uh, we're fine. talking about Keeve here. Yeah, go back. Yeah, well, to answer Rob's question too, uh, you know, why does everybody want Ukraine? Okay, you got to remember, Ukraine has tons of natural resources, right? I mean, I mean including what's the what lithium play? I've heard it's a trillion dollars worth of lithium. Uh, in the I was just going to say the lithium, which which is going to be a huge thing for anybody that wants to push this Green New Deal bullshit, right? Right. <clears throat> So, so the whole, the whole thing about that is, uh, if you, if you think back all, 
you know, all the way back. Why does anybody want Ukraine? Right now you brought up Nord Stream. Okay. Nord Stream does not go through uh, Ukraine. Nord Stream actually goes down through the Baltic Sea. It has actually two pipelines of the Nord, uh, Nord, excuse me, Nordstrom one and the Nordstrom two. Right. But the Nord Stream play, it it was that they used to have to go through Ukraine and it would seem that you're, uh, power elites that are trying to keep kind of Russia from being able to just freely sell its oil to Europe. This is what it seems to me. Biden pushed this because he's like, we are taking them into NATO. He would not walk back that line if they're going into NATO. Russia obviously wasn't going to let them be in NATO. Why? Because they were promised that. Well, not only were they promised, they weren't even supposed to expand. And Russia doesn't, the same way we don't want Cuba with missiles. Russia's like, you're not coming into Ukraine and putting missiles at my doorstep. That was all logical. 100%. So you got to ask, why was it that Biden's pushing this thing and going, we won't walk it back, we won't not. And it seems to me like he was provoking it because the powers that be did not want Nord Stream 2, which would be the new pipeline that essentially made, you know, all of Europe more reliant on Russia with better connections and just like direct market. 100%. Mm-hmm. And Russia doesn't want a pipeline from uh, Qatar going through Syria. And that's why the Syrian stuff was all going down because Russia and Israel, I mean, excuse me, Europe and Israel wanted the, uh, the United States wanted to just do a straight pipeline that would cut off Russia from having to give. Oh, interesting. That one I hadn't heard. I heard yeah. that one was over port access. That, no, that, that, no. That, so yeah. Qatar is landlocked, so there's no way for it to get. No, its I meant oil that off. Syria was like a crucial port. Yeah, well, because that's the easy, quickest way to get the oil from Qatar, right? And they want to control it. That's why, like, that's why, like, you see, like, American oil companies, like, yeah, we just own this part of Syria. And Syria's like, no, you don't. You're like, yeah, we, we, you have Israel selling land rights to right. companies that they're like, oh yeah, this is yours. You're like, that's our country. Well, whatever. That's so great. That's you so know? that's so Jewish. Just selling people land you yeah. don't have a title on. Right, right, <laughs> the right. Jews are just selling America. Like, yeah, yeah it's all yours, dude. Right. So yeah. Yeah, so so there is a pipeline that does go through that does go through Ukraine, uh, and, and you know we're not hearing anything about that getting damaged because you know that's maybe a no go zone. You know we did hear that the Ukrainians are kind of the kind of uh, uh, what's the word? They're trying to slow that pipeline down so that the amount of gas going through it is not what it normally would be. I want to say it's they've cut it off about thirty percent. But I mean, you know, I mean, what's going on over there? So everybody thinks, you know, what is what is Putin's yeah, what is Putin's objective to go into Ukraine? Because, you know, when I heard that he was going to go into Ukraine, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be there for a couple of weeks. I mean, what are we going on now? Three months? So can I, I'll, I'll tell you my, my speculation. It's uh, he has no interest in conquering the entire country. The gamble is he wants to walk away with the commitment that they're going to remain neutral. And he thinks that what he conquered in the West is going to be so valuable. It's going to cover his war costs. And so what, he, what he's been trying to do is he's essentially been sieging, like we're pretending in America that he's losing the war. He's not. He's doing exactly what he's trying to do, which is essentially a siege. And he was trying to inflict so much pain on the Ukrainians. And prior to Zelensky now getting the $40 billion that he just got, Zelensky was willing to show up to the table. You got to realize $40 billion, which is just the initial commitment. That's what we spent, I think, in Afghanistan year one. We're literally just paying for this war. On our end, the strategic policy is we don't care about Ukrainian death, so let's try and bleed Russia dry, and That's we'll pay. exactly what they're doing. And, yeah. and by the way, 
That money going to the Ukraine isn't for the people of Ukraine. No, it's literally the, we're buying weapons from our own manufacturers. We're buying the old yeah. weapons. Yeah. Is anybody else giving money? Like any, any England? Yeah, no, no, it's massive because yeah. that that was just from the U.S. Like combined, I forgot. Yeah, what the, the UK total was. I think has given about twenty billion, twenty or thirty billion. The UK has, but you know, Rob, I don't yeah. think that I don't think that we've released that forty billion because that was being held up by Rand Paul. Yeah, we haven't and, done uh, it yet. No, it just Manchin. got approved. From what I I, I think it oh, was it, it got. Oh, you looked that up, John? He managed to hold it up for about a weekend. Okay. And well, then, bring and, then and, by, and by the way, the funniest part about that was he was like, and if we are going to release it, we at least need like a watchdog to look over it. And they declined that, which the if you look at like what happened with the PPE loans, like 50% of that went to fraud. A massive amount of it didn't even end up in the United States. And then you look like the fact that you would approve any amount of aid without some sort of a safeguard. I mean, like, there's just levels of nonsense. We shouldn't be sending the money. Yeah. But then for people to object to, hey, we shouldn't just send money quickly without right. some sort of check, right. like checks and right. balances. Right. But my well, whole you thing know is- what? If you get a, if you get a home construction loan for, say, two hundred or three hundred thousand dollars, that bank wants to know where every dollar goes. Right. right. They want to make sure that you're not out buying Lamborghinis with right. it. Right. Right. I mean, so so why can't we do that when we're giving this kind of money to Ukraine? And, and what are we giving so much money to Ukraine for in the first place? Because I hear another story that we're giving Ukraine $40 billion, but we just borrowed $40 billion from China. I mean, does that make any sense, like, at all? So so this brings it back to Ukraine is just nothing but a big money laundering uh, 100%. system. 100%. Yeah. It's all yeah. money laundering. It's like... I mean, I mean, Sam, look what, look what your Governor Newsom did out there. He ain't he my governor. A billion dollars for a PPE for masks. And then he never even got a single mask out of the deal. Did anybody ask where that billion dollars went? It's the same thing with the money that's going to Ukraine. One hundred percent. And he and all that money's going to do is feed the industri- the military industrial complex. And then out of that forty billion, what do you think Pelosi and all these other people going to get back in the form of uh, kickback? And it's not just that, guys. By the way, I guarantee you, when it's all said and done, that they're going to find out a ton of this for not ton. But a large portion of this 40 bill, or or at least a, a nice statistical number of it, uh, went to the DNC because they can't get a dollar for their campaigns. This is the exact same thing that was done with BLM. They create yeah. this chaos. Everyone funds BLM. The, 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 guy, the people who run BLM, here's your 10, 10 mil. We're taking the rest to help us. Do you see, by the way, have you seen the newest claim from that lady who bought herself the mansion? Did yeah. you see what she said? About the... Um, she said uh, it was because uh, white people were... So, it was too much white guilt money at one time, and so she didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> I, I, God bless her. I mean, like, she's just using the... Sa- That's all they do is to say they, these people... They well, let's have be honest. She's recruited. She's some idiot. Soros or whoever puts her into... Like, now she's got all the money coming through. She's trying to feel good. Well, the original group was Black Lives Matter, too. And then they, they just jack that swag right and installed three black lesbians who were marxists and but that's all done purposefully right like like if if your whole th- like think about this if you're trying to hide something why would you put on your website we want to destroy the nuclear family right. when you're when you're trying to court black people whose whole problem is that the system destroyed their nuclear family that's all done purposefully. More layers and layers to get us all to fight with each other. All right. So just a, this is the most fascinating thing in the world to me, that the, the, the potential that the Rothschilds date all the way back to some ancient people. So, so just because I ADD'd this to get it back on track. So we've got the Kazarians want to get back into this region and they're involved with the Ukraine 
this Ukraine shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so there is a Rothschild connection, like for sure, right? So, uh, so when Kazaria, when the Kazarian Empire was defeated, and here's the beginning of why they have such a beef with the Russians, right? This is it, man. This is everything. Yeah. It was the Kievan Rus, which were basically Vikings. Uh, they were actually called Varingians that came down from Scandinavia and started conquering their way all the way down. They're the ones that came in and had an alliance with the Byzantines because the Byzantines at first were allied with the Khazarians to fight against the Persians. Well, when they knew they had the Persians kind of, you know, off on their own and they figured out how, how heavy duty that the Kievan Rus was. I mean, these Vikings, these, these are bad, these are bad actors, right? These, these guys are like tough guys, right? So, so when the Kievan Rus came in they're the ones uh, that, that, that basically, you know, they didn't finish the Khazarian empire off, but they made them pretty much defunct, right? So they, they went in there and they just took it over. Well, the Kievan Rus is what became Russia. So, so now, so now the Kazarian empire and the people that ran the Kazarian wow, empire, are, yeah, are the, are the ones that are like now allegedly how the conspiracy theory goes is that this is what this beef with Russia is. And that's why there's always something going to be going on between Ukraine and Russia. Right? And, and right. So, so at one point, because the Kazarians were so like, I mean, just pure scumbags, dark arts, Babylonian, uh, dark magic, right? They and here's where it gets in the weird side. Black cube of Saturn, all that worship that is all the Kronos and all that stuff. That again, the surrounding countries went to them and go, "You got one, one or two things are going to happen. We're either going to annihilate you, and, or you're going to pick one of these three religions, and that's going to be your religion, and you're not going to do this dark art shit because what they were doing is they would raid people, steal their identity, rape, yep. pillage, become them, live their life. Like all this crazy shit that we see going on right now, right, is like they were doing that way back in the day. And Russia, and I don't know if the Persian, but the Russian Empire and the Russian royal family said, you have to change your belief system to, if you want to not get wiped off who, the planet. Yeah. So who is the yeah, dark? To kind, of, to kind of bring your people into the fold. Like you, you're, you're, you're just, you're out of control. So you're going to, you know, and this was actually, I want to say after some big major battle where uh, it actually ended up being kind of more like a ceasefire or like a truce or, uh, or something along them lines, you know, where they just stopped fighting each other. But, but, you know, the Kazarians, I think were knew that they were in a position that, if they if they were going to continue this fight, that they were going to get their asses beat like like real bad, right? Who's the dark and, god and that Sam, they worship? Like what you said. So this is when they were given the Sorry. ultimatum: you have to pick one of the Abrahamic religions, right? So they had to choose between Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, right? So how the story goes, they had they had uh, emissaries come from each one of the religions to basically have a debate or to have a meeting so they could decide which religion they were going to pick, right? But all the time, the Kazarians are like, well, you know, you know, the, these obviously were pretty, pretty intelligent people. They're like, well, if we pick Christianity, we're going to be constantly at war with Islam, right? If we pick Islam, we're going to be in constant war against Christianity, which AKA the Roman Empire, yes, right? Because 100%. you got to remember, Con Constantinople is modern day Istanbul. Constantinople was named for the emperor Constantine. It was the Roman Empire's eastern uh, power hold, power structure, was in Constantinople. 
which eventually later on did fall to the Muslims, uh, you know, back and forth several times. I mean, the Khazarians fought, fought the Persians and the Muslims, like in the Arabs, like multiple times. And they were able to hold them off. You know, it was like a tit for tat type of thing. And they would always just retreat back to the other side of the Caucasus mountains and no other army wanted to go in there because that would be a trap. You know, I think that's something that even uh, Alexander the Great had run into before. So, that, so maybe they learned from that, that, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, go over these mountains and fight these guys because by the time you get there, your ass is going to be so beat. You're not going to have any will to fight by the time you get there. So this is why the Kazarians were kind of isolated. And, and the Byzantines, you know, towards the end, when they, when they, when they had their alliance with the Kievan Rus was basically a Byzantine say, listen, we want to isolate these Kazarians. These people are out of control. Yeah, We want to isolate them. So, so we'll, we'll hold the Southern line. You attack them from the north and whatever happens, happens. We don't want anything to do with it after that. You know, we just, we want what we want and we're going to keep what we have. Right. And this, and this was all basically came from Rome also, uh, the Byzantines and the Romans. The Romans later, Romans came in after the Byzantines, I believe. Yeah. And there's also uh, the whole thing back at Judaism. They picked Judaism because Judaism, they viewed it as a neutral religion. Right. But they had no, I don't believe they had any intention of, uh, you know, actually converting to Judaism. And there's some speculation out there that they never actually did that. There's a lot. Uh, I've read a bunch of, uh, from Russian, uh, excuse me, Jewish scholars, uh, Jewish scholars that have said that, you know, they're not really absolutely sure they did that, but you know, there's a, there's a fair amount of uh, uh, information out there. Excuse me. That says that they did, but they continued, they continued to uh, kind of practice Tengrism. Because Tengrism is what they is what their religion was before, which is a worship of a sky god, you know, with multiple deities and everything like that. Like so, it's paganistic, which also the Kievan Rus was in the beginning before they converted to Christianity or Orthodox Christianity. So that was the whole thing uh, with them saying that they had converted to Judaism was to actually, you know keep people from attacking them Ron. so that they could continue to lay low and then hide behind the fact that, Oh no, we're all practicing Jews here. So nobody should have a problem with us. And I think that was their angle. And that was the angle that they took. Like, so they even the adopted road. the Jewish weasel thing. You know, yeah, they took that part yeah, of the religion yeah, yeah. right well, up front. Well, there's a couple things that also did to this is that at the time, uh, the Judaism was the smallest of all the religions. They were nomadic people, so they had no homeland at that time. So they thought this is would be an easier cover. group to basically take over. Also, the king that he talks about that makes the decision to turn to Judaism, his girlfriend, his boo at that time, was Jewish. So he decided, like, okay, that's what... Because everybody loves Jew chicks, right? I mean, <laughs> goddamn, they're freaks, bro. But... You know, so that was a bit because, again, like Ron, uh, Ron said, is that, the, you know, it's like they had the Persian Empire. They had, uh, you know, the arm, uh, the Christian Empire. So it was the one that they they felt that they could control much easier if they if they took it. And then they didn't really get into traditional Judaism. They actually started to change the religion and like i guess yiddish is something about is more along the lines of what the kazarians were into and you know the talmud is like the babylonian oral history of the rabbis is very much yeah but I, so that i gotta push back on no you can't that's why you're here i would wonder why i i, I spent i mean i spent years in israel studying talmud Stop right bragging. <laughs> talmud's a boring ass book of just hyper hyper like 
Jewy technical laws on things in Jew law. Okay, I'm just going to push back yeah. on that. The Talmud. Sure. Okay, the Talmud. Talmud. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that if you take a look at all these religions, right? Right. Or we'll say the three major religions. At, at some point, a book is inserted right. that changes the direction of the religion, right? So we won't, let's get, in, let's get into Christianity. The Bible doesn't come till 400 years after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it, it is created by who? Basically, Rome. Rome creates this religion when they worship the sun. So Ra, son of God, right? right. Then you get into uh, Islam. Right, the book that the the book that they follow now in Islam. What what's the book called again? The Quran. The, the Quran. Quran is not the original Quran. It is a Quran that was basically created seventy years after Muhammad, who was in fact related to Queen Elizabeth. Now we get in to the Talmud, right? Which is another book. And it's like got this crazy story too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like a story. Uh, an angel came down. It was so holy the story that they couldn't write it down. And then this was everybody's interpretation of what happened after. And I've been told, and cr- again, cr- okay. that's why you're here. It is almost like a Wikipedia in that a lot of people over time have inserted stories within this book. Right? Am I am I right? You're mostly, in my opinion, mostly, that's mostly no, inaccurate. Not. Okay, then so tell for, me the truth. Firstly, the Talmud, it's gigantic. I believe it's 60 books, and I spent over a decade studying them. I've maybe been through 20 pages of, so I'm, and of the 20 pages, in terms of the understanding I have, it's minuscule next to, like, some of the rabbis I've met in my life who literally have the entire thing memorized. What's in it? You said so, laws for laws? So when I, when I say technical laws... We're talking about like I, I mean, there, there's like w- w- like hyper technical concepts of like if your chicken laid an egg on a Tuesday, <laughs> if your chicken has a dot of blood on it, if you're right. if like we're talking like if a person carried this to the edge of town on the Sabbath, like like every single like Jewish law. If you ever met a Jewish lawyer, like it is hyper technical conversations no, about 100%. the most most of it about the most boring minutia. I, I, there's an entire thing about because w- uh, if you're Jewish, you're not supposed to have sex with your wife with basically two weeks of out of uh, out of every month from like the beginning of when she starts menstruating to the end. There's an entire book called Nita Blood. No, it's not kosher to have your red wings. Is that what you <laughs> said? What? It's not kosher to have your red wings. Is that what <laughs> exactly. You said? Yeah, they're not yeah. into that. So it, it's like the most technical or I, one and of the ones. Do we, you know anybody yeah. that follows that? Yeah, my dad. Verbatim? I mean, I got, I got, I got relatives that are. No, no, but they stuff. don't skip a day. Like, is it on the calendar? I think I would just forget. Like, oh, it's a Wednesday. I was like, oh, you weren't supposed to do it. It's no, two it's weeks uh, from the- you can you count your days. You, you you get your first blood. You count your days. You go to the ritual bath. Yeah, those are cool. very traditional Jews, of course. So, but what you're telling me, I'm saying the book of the Talmud, right, which I've studied, right, is mostly a fairly boring book. But there are some things in it that They're are be- like, what's up with that? Which Yes. Which is no different than the modern day, the Quran that they use and the Bible. That's my point. Like the, the, we had the Torah, right? right? Which is the more of the traditional Judaism. No. So, well, no. so the, the way that it's, uh, I, if we're just going gospel, Moses comes down with the written, written law. And then there's a secondary legacy of the oral law. 
Okay. And the oral law, one of the proofs that they go to is that the original book will give you laws without the instructions. So it essentially references that there's a second that there's a second set of laws, right? Okay. And even the even the Bible, like if you look right. at it, there's some chapters there. I'm just trying to there. do timelines, right? What is the okay, timeline? Okay, so here's the timeline. Okay. After the, during the destruction of the second temple, okay. Um there was a guy who made a deal with the with the Romans to take a town called Yavne. Um and he said I'm going to go there with the religious scholars. And so Judaism kind of takes a spin from being... But is the Torah around at this point yes. when he's like, okay, all Yeah, right. so you, you always had the written law. There's a pivot after the collapse of the Second Temple from being kind of a religion that I, I would say is more focused in the Temple Mount and doing sacrifices to kind of what I would call the religious elites yes. get this town called Yavne. Yes. And now you start this kind of new... It, it's not really a new journey. In a later point of time, they start just studying the law it starts getting forgotten, and so then you have your first generation of people that write it down. So that's what I'm saying, and like yeah. again, I'm just going like, okay, these three major religions suddenly have another book, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not like no, but so me. fine, but so they have a book which is the Talmud, yeah, which is essentially I'll tell you what it is. It's a it's the written arguments of people trying to figure out what the oral law is. So you have I I I, I won't it's like go, a big court case, Rob. It's, it's the biggest court case you've ever seen with most yeah. technical boring <laughs> shit you've ever seen. Right. That when you study it for ten there, years. No, yeah. Oh my 20 god. Pages. Twenty pages. Twenty pages. And by the way, there's, and you only got twenty pages in. And there's a mode of like it, it gets crazy. There's like a mode of interpretation where they'll go. They start going. Well, the law can't be that way because it's referenced here. It, 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 whatever. Okay. Anyways, the point being. Yes. The categorization of the Talmud as being some sort of like a dark arts or otherwise, it's, it is is 90% a technical law book for Jewish law, which includes how, do, how does the Sabbath work? How do the laws of kosher work? How do the laws of not having my sex when I period? totally understand what you're saying. What I am saying is this, is if my study of history, and I, I'm not, uh, what I'm trying to tell you is what the people are saying on the streets, okay? Right. Like, like when you hear that, the Talmud is this evil. This is what they're talking about here. Okay, is that that Judaism is an offshoot of Hinduism, just like Christianity is, just like Islam is. They're all offshoots of Hinduism, and Hinduism is probably an offshoot of something even more ancient. That right. goes and even Buddhism far. falls into that too, Sam. Yeah, Buddhism is an offshoot of. Offshoot what's of the Hindu. categorization of the yeah. Talmud as being like? Uh, like what? What is like? So when when people who are not into Judaism go through the Talmud, I'm just telling you what they're saying and what I push back on. Mm -hmm. it, they go through the Talmud, okay, and they go, "This is super creepy. This is super creepy. This is super creepy." So my whole point is, like, if you're asking me where, where I'm coming from, right? Okay, is that within each one of these new books that are inserted into these religions, okay? That there are things in there that the other religions can get really go, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. And if you're asking me based on my study of like how the elites have operated, that this is done purposeful to get people to find reasons to start skirmishes with each other. So when you go to the Torah, which is like the more the older version of it, okay, you are getting closer to what Hinduism is and Hinduism influenced Christianity and all this stuff. Now you have the like I don't know if what if you're asking me, it's probably the same people that took 
Christianity, just hear me out, Christianity and created Catholicism, which changes it just a little bit. So there's later, so just to repeat it back, there's later versions of the religion that inserted things that were inflammatory just so that the religions wouldn't get along. Yes, that's my whole point. That's that's it. So it's like, that's What are some of those things, though? I mean, well, well, I mean, like, if if I've I've watched these videos forever, they're like, it's just like certain things like, okay, like, like, can I give an example in Christianity and in Catholicism? The Virgin Mary got impregnated and one didn't. So was she a virgin or not? That's a huge that's a huge statement with us where right, it's like I got you. It's like was she a virgin or not? Right, right. I got you. But but what more to that is that Catholicism made people take the Bible literally. Like, you know, back in the day when Jesus was was pushing hit and you know, you can have your argument on whether he's real or not. I, I think there was somebody of that. What he represented is is debatable, right? But when you look into like you know, he, he got edited out of the Talmud. You want to talk interesting Talmud stories? Interesting, to, he, like why is that happened? But yeah. you know, his, his was a philosophy. He didn't want you to go to church. He didn't want you to do this. Here comes a Roman church, and it's like this is God. This is we picked what's in these stories, and then they went around and just clubbed motherfuckers <laughs> with the Bible to get them to believe it literally. So when you go into what is in the Talmud, I like again. There's just. I've just heard what these people... Oh, look at this passage and this passage and this passage. And for me, that is done to get us to fight with each other if you go at the highest levels. But what, what, what specifically? I mean, what's in there that is, is, is in this sort of uh, Byzantine like, structure? Of, like, of, there's of something where like that would piss somebody else off. Okay, so so I don't have the specific thing, right? I, but it's along the lines of, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it, that... You can lie in a. This is a big thing. I've heard them say you can lie into a bit in a business deal if it's not another uh, Jew. That that was something that they always bring up. That you say I again. I, that's not me. I'm just bringing up what they what they are they are saying is some of the stuff which I per- think is done purposefully to get us all to fight with each other. I I don't know. I never studied. There's By the a, way, the comment section for this no, no, episode uh, is going to be fire. No, I would say uh, in in a more macro, the religion believes in – like one of the big themes is actually dealing favorably in business. Now, it happens to be – just to kind of give an example here, one of the things I studied that we – first day 13, it was a virgin gets married on a Wednesday and a uh, divorcee on a – you know why? Because people were coming into town and raping them. They were raping the virgins. They had to pretend like they were doing weddings on like a different day to try and trick the rapist. My guess what? is within that context. Yeah, yeah. That was like the Greeks. I think they were coming in and they Dude, were raping the virgins. They used to be really so savage they, back they in they the had, day. They had to create a new law that they would switch the days that the virgins were getting married to try and fool them. My guess is the context of something about like being dishonest in business is probably something along those lines when they were dealing with the predatory situation. With that being said... The Talmud itself, because you're talking about like just Jews and they're being technical, right? So like women in the in the Talmud are referred to almost like property because because we're talking we're almost, because it was the good old days. No, it was because in the good old days it was actually it was assumed that you were better off being married than single, which was probably true within yeah. within that environment. Yeah. But just to have a technical conversation about how do you actually betroth someone, it's kind of talked about in in like the nature of property. So sometimes the Talmud probably does have distinctions between Jews and non-Jews that 
would seem to suggest that non-Jews are of like a lesser category. Right. But we're talking about within the context of having like a legal conversation. So I don't know that that's like in, but imperative of a philosophy. But you understand that not everybody understands No, I understand that. that. Yeah. And so the interpretation from No, I'll tell you I'll tell you an be... example. It's almost like talking in jokes in in a sense. So like in a conversation about uh what I was talking about with like the ritual blood thing, right. like that you can't have sex with your wife. Yeah. So they say that you can have sex with a non-Jewish person because I'll tell you the line. I remember this because it was so funny to me. Be us goy, sex with a non-Jew, como be us behemoth, like sex with an animal. Oh. <laughs> now, you know, if you're if you're an outsider, you're like, holy shit, these Jews just said it's like fucking an animal. Yeah. Not really. The rabbi, it's a joke. It, it's not that it's a joke. It's that I, they're, listen, they're, they're you don't they're, have to convince they're, me. They're I'm no, just no, telling you. But what's I'm just out saying there. they're highlighting the context of the right, law. That right. within the context of the right. law, if we're talking about like sex within seven I, days, that doesn't apply to them the same as it wouldn't apply to an animal. Right. But you see what I'm saying? But it, on the it, outside, on the you outside, you go, "Holy shit!" They're yeah, referring right. to me as an animal. That's what we're it's talking not. about. It's actually it, it, you see what I'm saying? It's legal. Right. It's the way you would write a joke. It's like the legal framework. They're going for the extreme to prove the example. Now, if I don't know that I'm reading that, I'm like, "Holy shit!" The rabbis just called me. Used to call. By the way, they used to call vaginas Muckum Erva, the place of disgustingness. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that was that was the way it was. Dude, so, they look like alien <laughs> parts, bro. But I want yeah. to ask you before we get back to oh, poor, poor poor Ron sitting quietly. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, I'm taking this over. With no, 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 no. Dude, I love this because I want to ask you. Well, I have more on, Jewish talk. Be, before, <laughs> honestly, he's what? dedication. He's like, I got the I got the golden <laughs> egg here. Let him tear his hole. What percentage of like Jews really get into? The Talmud. Like, what percentage are, sit down and, like, go through this thing? Because if from an outside view yeah. and base, I, I, you know, my my understanding of Jews was uh, uh, my math t tutor in in Cortland and then Ari Shafir, okay? Right. And, like... Mine's just Ben Shapiro. Right, 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 <laughs> right. So, yeah. like, to me, it's like I never heard of the Talmud until much later on, until right. I started getting this and hearing all this, like, oh, the Jews, the Jews. I'm like, what you are know, you guys I'll, talking about? Way, I'll, I'll tell you also why that's easy to think. If you open we, I mean, we could pull it up online. If you open up a page of the Talmud, it looks like a spell book. The middle column is an Aramaic. The outer columns are like people who are interpreting the middle column. Right, right. I'm right. just saying visually, if you like open a, a if weird you, cookbook, almost. Cookbook if you open it up, I would think it was a Harry Potter spell book. That's yeah. what it looks like. Okay, what percentage would you say, honestly, of so modern a, day Jews really get into Talmud? The only people who are studying it are uh, highly observant people. Like, like the more orthodox, right? Yeah, but even amongst the more orthodox, I I don't know how many people like as adults make time to study it. There's like a large actually if you want to look this up, this is interesting. There's this thing where there's like a practice of some people that they will study one page every day and then they throw it they finish it every seven years. They'll rent out like Madison Square Garden for that party. Oh so, really? Yeah. So amongst Orthodox like amongst religious Jews, there's regular study of it. And what percentage of I Jews would you... I, I mean... Yeah, we're talking minuscule. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, you know, it's like... I, I mean, we're going to get... Look at that. That does look I like told a you, it looks like a spell book. book. It looks like some... Uh, I'm, I'm playing Tetris. That's what it looks like. Um, so, for me, man... Tetris is a good we're call. Gonna, we're going to get back <laughs> to that. Is that... Is that... I, I think most... Like, when I think of most of the Jews I know, I think them 
uh, they're like most Christians I know. It's they don't even cultural. go to church. Yeah. They they That's on the now. holidays they hit it to, for the connection to their heritage. But for most part, like live and let live, family oriented. Most people take care of their own in a way. But because you see these people on very high level, like you know, you know who's like a really the same version of as Jews are Asians, but they don't get the same shit. Like, cause they're, they do their own thing in their own way, but like, yeah, they're great, great family, uh, family values, hard workers, and they, they tend to take care of each other. And when, when, when Christians do it, there's a big uproar. And when, when Jews do it, people are like, oh man, my fucking damn, the Jews. And it's just like, it's all the same thing, man. But all that has done psychologically, in my humble opinion, to cause more fighting and chaos behind at the end of the day i would say 95 percent of everybody are the same kind of people and they all you know we all just draw from the same thing but there are things that are created in my humble opinion to cause chaos and you're like who are these people so when you hear that like mohammed is related to queen elizabeth i go that sounds like something to me <laughs> That sounds like something to me. I'm, I'm on board with the bigger theory, which is that, you know, someone's uh, reorienting these religions to try and. That's all chaos. I'm saying. I'm okay with that. And at, at the end of the day, everybody's saying, but you, you, it's really. I think the, the particular of that, like the Talmud is a demon book, I think is misguided. Yeah. But, but the yeah. bigger, you're, the bigger. And that was my question yeah. for you, Rob. Sure. I didn't mean to uh, are interrupt, you a but demon? that was my question. <laughs> I'm I'm a recovering demon, you know. <laughs> I, I like the faith, and I'm trying to wash it off. I found the three exceptions to lying, where lying is permitted. It is permissible for a scholar to state that he is unfamiliar with a part of the Talmud, even if he is familiar with it out of humility. It is permissible to lie in response to intimate questions regarding one, one's marital life. Uh, and then lying about hospitality received. So, you know, it's like, hey, well, how was dinner? Oh, you know, it was great. You're allowed to do that. Those are the three, the three big exceptions to uh, bearing false witness. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, Rob, I have yes. a question for you about uh, Babylonian Talmudism, because when they say that the Kazarians adopted uh, Judaism, that they practiced the Babylonian Talmudism type of Judaism, right? But the more that I'm finding out about it, and the more that I'm discovering that the Kazarians actually still worshipped Moloch, they worshipped the cult of Baal, the Luciferian agenda. And, and I found an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, picture online. Uh, and this is actually when I had first come across this. This is what kind of got me more interested in the Kazarians and the whole Ukraine and the Luciferian agenda slash New World Order, whatever you want to call it, right? So uh, is, is there a demonic uh, kind, of, kind of feel to the Babylonian... Uh, Talmud, or is that just something that people are just making up? I, I mean, I would think one of the core tenets of Judaism is that you should not, you know, it's the first commandment. I'm, I'm the one and only God. And then if you look at like, you know, the later books, it's all about the prophets living in Jerusalem and trying to kill out. I mean, if anything, the complaint with Judaism would be, why would you, why was it a part of the religion that they had to come into a country and mercilessly kill people? And that's how anti-idolatry the religion was. It was like, it was almost like a core tenet of the thing is we're going to eradicate 
you know, we're going to eradicate idolatry. So then you convert over to the Talmud, like, which is the one part that lives on, and it's kind of the most spiritual of the Jews. It's almost like a version of the Judaism that, like, no one could keep except for the most spiritual of it. And then to somehow reinsert that there was something, some interest in idolatry, one, it doesn't exist anywhere within it. Like, I've never seen a single thing about worshiping idols. And secondly, it's just a core tenet of the religion to kind of be the anti-idolatry religion. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't really even know where you would try and like fit that narrative in. See, that's why right. I like this conversation. And I think it's important because it's very easy and I you know, to get lost in that. And I think a lot of the stuff with the quote unquote anti Semitism is done to stop conversations, meaning that people are saying to say, Did you you know, it's like Larry Gators. That, do you know who Larry Gators is? No. He was this guy who used to come on our show all the time, and he would, like, rhyme conspiracies, you know? And everyone's like, oh, you're amazing. He was like, I don't trust him, right, from the start. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, he would come in, and he would always be like, the Jews, the Jews. And I'm like, hey, man, we don't. that's not what we believe on the show. And then it, this guy, John, uh, uh, from Crowdsource the Truth. John, Goodman, well, is it? Goodman, I believe, Something is his like name. That. He was coming that that he was a controlled opposition to get to censor certain shows by yelling about the Jews. Well, later on, Goodman got accused of being a, a part of uh, of uh, the Messiah. I don't know if that's true or not. I, Jason Goodman. Jason Goodman. I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't heard from Jason, and I have no problems with Jason. So, but you know, but he called out that guy. So I always believe that the 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 bat signal is. When they send in people on certain, uh, you know, um, social media and stuff to be like, it's the Jews, it's the Jews, it's the Jews. That is used as a bat signal to call in censorship. Right. In my humble. And people are like, well, if you start censoring this, then you're going to do this. I go, well, what if that is meant to be the thing that kicks off all the censorship? So that's kind of what I think is going on. Because like, dude, like most, like... Dana, my girl, I go down, I celebrate all these holidays, and the, the, their family just is like, the, the dad always wants to read about like what, what Passover's about. Nobody you, cares. Wait, you go to Passover Seder? I, 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 go with, I go with Dana to her family, and they're like, dude, we just fucking, nobody cares. Nobody, right. Like, literally, they, they all, like, spend time, like, showing respect right. to the patriarchy of the family because he's a wonderful guy. But most of the people, they just they show up on the holidays to stay connected to their tradition. But that's like most religious. Like, right. I, like I was for the longest time I was doing like the, uh, you know, the, the, um, the uh, axis of evil, like with the, with the Muslims. And I would go meet all these Muslims. And they were all fucking, most of them were like doing drugs and party <laughs> and banging white chicks and having the best time. They were the nicest people. Even though my joke was too much for them, <laughs> they were so nice. And that, like that's to me everybody. Like right. everybody is is good. You have crazy people at the top that get everybody to fight with each other, and that's kind of what has always been. So my question is, who are these crazy kind of people? Because right. you know you get into like Jeffrey Epstein, right? And everyone's like, oh, it's like Mossad, it's it's this. But when you study all these people, they have symbolism of what we're, Ron, Ron's talking about, right? Which is this this Babylonian religion, which is like. 
this whether it's Moloch or Baal or all these other things, these that just get into what they what we'll label as dark arts because of its intention. Magic isn't good or bad. It's like a gun. It's either a, you're going to kill somebody or it's a paperweight. It's how you use it. So it's like this magic that's being used that, in my humble opinion, is the real power sense and that they use Judaism, Islam, and all that stuff to walk amongst us. And that's what what's really about. And Sam, what you're talking about is the Babylonian money magic. And, and, and it's funny that you said that about the Mossad because the theory... The theory is is that the Mossad is basically Kazarian uh, mafia. So also. what what is like the, the Babylonian money magic arm of that? What is Babylonian money magic? Babylonian money magic is is like uh, like what the Federal Reserve does and what any central bank does. So we're using which magic ties, as a poetic the Rothschild in. Okay, so so you're familiar with the term usury, right? Uh, Isn't usury just interest? Uh, it is, but but the central banks print money. With nothing to back it up, aka well, that's, I mean, that's, currency. That's different than usury. You're talking fractional reserve banking. Okay, well, let me finish. Oh, so, so when go. they bang, bang. when they loan that money out, it's with interest attached. That is the Babylonian money magic, because they print money from nothing. They loan it out. They've got nothing to back it up. It's just worth the paper that it's printed on, and they charge interest on that. And this is where the Kazarian mafia. The Rothschilds, everybody that controls the central bank, this is where they make their actual money is on the interest. I mean, because that money, the principle that they get back, it wasn't worth anything to begin with, but the interest is. Now, it's all fiat currency, no matter how you look at it. But this, but there's something interesting. Uh, if I can share, if I can screen share real quick, something I want you guys to see. I just want to say but, something real quick that... Um, uh, no, go on. I mean, when you use magic, I think it's It's more a poetic. Of, I mean, yes, you're using it yes. as a poetic word for the fact that they've created they create fractional reserve banking. Which is diabolically yeah. brilliant, if you think about it. Right. And now they don't even have to have money in your in their bank. Like, you can go, hey, man, I need, I need $10. I can take a piece of paper, write $10, hand to you, and you can go use it. Like, that's it's monopoly how, money. That's it's monopoly phone money, is. Sam. If, if you Fake look, can you guys see this graphic? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so if you look at the Kazarian Tomga, this is the symbol of Kazaria, right? Look at the Moloch sigil, and look at the crest of Ukraine. I didn't know the about the Moloch thing. one, but I saw Kazarian and, and the Ukraine crest look almost exactly alike. Yeah. Yeah, and they and and these are all these are all different oh, versions looks, of the same also thing. Looks like the He Man sword. Yeah, that 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 was the second thing I was gonna say. It looks <laughs> like He Man. By the that looks like the power of Grace Skull. But isn't that like you know Hitler, good marketer? He goes looking around for symbols, so he takes the one from the. Oh, Indians he's very he much flip, into the and occult, he, and he flips it around. So I, I I just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, isn't it also at some point in time, some artist is sitting around trying to come up with something, maybe just rips off a logo. He goes, hey, that looks pretty cool. Are you telling me that could be just copy and paste at some point? Yeah, I'm just saying you got some artists. You're looking for some. Dude, I recently found out the, the Grateful Dead. I'm a big Grateful Dead fan. They have like that. I'm uh, sorry. What? I'm you're, sorry. You don't, you're not a fan? I'm not a fan. Oh, I'll convert yeah, I'm you, not buddy. a fan either. I never got into them. You know what? You offend the Jews. I'm okay with that. But <laughs> how dare you speak no, ill of the good, dead? Dude. You it's don't like Grateful Dead came I mean, out of Tavistock. They're just MK'd ultra. 
to get the people. Oh to my get god, this is a, this is a more interesting conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, you've never heard <laughs> no. that? Hold on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We got, have you, you've never heard that? The, the basically, but Grateful that the dead? dead just existed as a brainchild of MK Ultra. No, they were no. given all the LSD. Well, they were basically. Oh no, no. That, I mean, because they had the Ken Kesey tie-in. They were basically right. CIA. Wait, you think Jerry Garcia... Well, they were the band for the CIA's acid maker, and he mm. basically, they used Me them for Hunter. To, to pass out all the... Uh, that Wherever they went, right. acid followed. That whole scene of the okay. hippie scene right. was all CIA... Like, it's known like 80% of the acid was made from the guy that they got it right. from. Johnny dad. what? Did you have Hunter. something to say, Mr.? Uh, I was coughing. Okay. I think the guy's name is Hunter Bear or something like that. We'll get into that. I'll right. have you back on... We should have a segment where we just bring somebody who doesn't believe anything into some and have them do it. But go on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, uh, and, you know, and the thing, too, about being anti-Semitic or whatever, you know, and everybody's so afraid to talk about, you know, Hebrews or Jews or whatever. I mean, it's pretty hard to be anti-Semitic against the Kazarian Empire or the Kazarian Jews because they weren't Semitic to begin with. Right. They, they, that's why they called them the 13th tribe, because the original 12 tribes of Judah, you know, didn't include the Kazarians. The Kazarians adopted Judaism, and that's why they were called the 13th tribe. So you can't be like if you believe if you believe that the Kazarian Empire uh, morphed into the Kazarian Mafia in those are the people that are actually controlling the world now. And so so and then it comes back to everybody says, well, the, Jew, the Jews control everything. Right. Well, you can't be anti-Semitic against them because they're not Semites to begin with. Right. Well, this I is actually, this is a pro, interesting point. No, this is a pro-Semite philosophy. This well, is I, saying, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. they get so angry about, but that's the conditioning that you just hear buzzwords. And I'm like, what we're actually trying to say is that Jews don't run the world. It's the and they're, being, and they're being manipulated by everybody else. And it gets back to like the Rothschilds who aren't even like... Rothschilds just a name they came up with later on because... Once a name... They wanted to blend in with the Jews who are docile people. So you're saying that the Kazarian's been trying to scapegoat the Jews the whole time? The whole time. Pretty I don't much, know if you're being yeah. serious, but yeah. that's literally what I believe. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah, I wasn't. The Kazarians, the Kazarians <laughs> that's literally what wanted, I believe. The Kazarians wanted everybody to believe that they were Jewish and that they were practicing Jews. But I think in reality, I think it was quite the opposite. I think they were devil worshippers. And, and, and whole thing about, you know, the Bowers, you know, they brought the Bowers into to be their front people. And the Bowers, of course, were the Rothschilds, which translates to Red Shield. Yes. Which, which is what was hung outside of their, their business was a uh, their motif or whatever their, on their sign was a Red Shield. So they changed their name to Rothschild to be more, uh, to just sound better to the public, basically, to make them sound like they were more hoity-doity or whatever. But they threw the Rothschilds out there, and that's where they started uh, the central banking system. That well, went all over the world, including uh, taking over the royal family of England when uh, when they had sent people over there to get rid of the royal family and installed their own royal family. Well, because that's the royal a big family part today too. is German. Yeah, right. Well, so, so yeah. these Kazarians they ended up in Germany, and then then I mean, if you really want to get into it, we could talk about the Ashkenazi Jews. And how the theory is that the Kazarians is is what the Ashkenazi are. Well, let's get. I want. Uh, I want. We'll get into that. I just want to say something real quick. Is that the Rothschilds are are think they're. I forget who uh, Santos Bonacci said that they're the original family. They're just a rename of 
of this original family, which is Windsor or something like that, this much older family. And that does, listen, based on everything I know about- you're talking about the royal family, Sam. No, I'm talking about- the Rothschilds. I'm talking about the Rothschilds were originally another name of- The Bowers. The Bowers, okay? So, so- Okay, so I got to remember this whole thing. So what I know about Bill Gates and what I know about, you know, uh, Jeffrey uh, uh, or what's his name who run who owns uh, Amazon, Jeff Bezos and and Mark Zuckerberg is that the story that we have told been told is a giant lie. It's not real stories. They're just rich kids positioned in places, which is what I believe is the story of Mayor Rothschild, where he's like, he was like 12 years old and he took over this investment firm and he was, it's just Paul Bunyan shit. He's just a rich kid inserted into a thing. His sons were sent out everywhere. There's no truth to it. I got got one question on that. So at the outset of this conversation, uh, you had said that, you know how kings, they make like a good business and then they have a son that fucks it up. How do these guys keep this thing going if, like, the legacy of the kings that we openly see are basically, you got a good king, son comes around, he's an idiot, he fucks it up. So how is it, like, how are the Rothschilds keeping this thing going for as long, like, do they, are they killing their bad kids? Like, do they have a bunch of them and, like, nine of them suck, they just off them type thing? Like, I think well, that's pretty close, Rob. That's pretty close because it was at least five sons that they send out to all the banking centers. So, so, uh, but I mean, how can you go wrong when uh, you're like giving out people pieces of paper and they're back, they're giving you back a piece of paper plus a piece of gold with it? That's the whole thing. That's pretty pretty hard to screw that up. I think the whole story of all that is just BS. I think it's just a a lore to make this party seem more powerful than it really is his family i think that whole system was all set up they were ju- they're just desk jockeys if you're asking me and they're the, truth the front of, people and the truth of the matter is like the old saying is the if you know their name they're not running shit right and i believe that wholeheartedly and that the real kazarians and the dark are like the black nobility people and there's also yeah. Yeah. well i mean according to the last one the, the, there's a lot of persians involved in that so I think everything is an illusion meant to create an official narrative because they don't want us to know the real story. And that's my It happens in everything. They don't want you to know who the main person is. Yeah, they don't want... I mean, like he said before, El Chapo was just the person that they showed you. Yeah, El Chapo was mill management Mm -hmm. too. He wasn't running shit. He was just doing the, the work of the CIA. Right, and then you get into the it's like an uh, American gangster. Don't wear the nice jacket. Yeah, exactly. don't buy a super duper car. Don't do all that. Don't get any attention on yourself. Was that one family that we got censored for? I forget what they were called. The Pissar. The Pissar family. Pissar like nobody family. talks about them and what they what they represent. And like that's why I just think a lot of this stuff is super duper. Anything is it's all pro wrestling theater to make us get mad at this group because I think somebody else is really running everything, in my humble opinion. But you know, when you get into the Kazarians, like why do we hate Russia? I mean, this fits this narrative more than anything whatever we talk about. I mean, like the our media makes the Russia seem like they're they're what the U.S. really is, right? Going out there, killing brown people who just happen to live in the wrong place for their natural resources. When I haven't seen Russia do that at all. Now, I'm not saying Russia is good guys. I think Putin is just like uh, Gaddafi, just like um, 
what's his face in Iraq. They were positioned in there as puppets. And then at some point, they're like, I'm a real boy. And then they think they're going to run everything. Based on this premise. So we got this ancient feud between the Kazarians and the Russians. Yes. And the Kazarians, they kind of go, they're like CIA super spies. They go behind the scenes. They're like, listen, we're going to take over the world. Yeah. Because they're smart. They take it over, basically. They own the financial system. Yes, yes. They create a system. Okay. Why are they still, like, I would think post-World War II... Before they had or nuclear power, that's your opportunity, especially after, you know, we team up with them. We beat the Germans. Germans are done. You're the Kazarians. How is that not your golden moment to be taken out Russia if you want to reinstitute your homeland? Dude, I would think waiting any more time, like I would think you if, annihilated what 20 million of their youngest men. I mean, Russia, right, but I'm saying allowing them to become a nuclear power is what's going to have been your biggest uh, hiccup. Okay, I are you think. ready for this, Rob? They want them to be in. They want them to nuke everything. Well, Russia all, today is the Kazarian Empire. Ooh, fucking curveball, dude! Do you know that? Do you yeah. know that Yeltsin? Okay, so so let me give you the backstory. Okay, right, go for the Kazarians bankrolled Lenin and the Bolsheviks to go into Russia and depose the Tsar. Yep. Which they were very successful at doing, right? And it wasn't just the Bolsheviks. That was more than one faction of the Bolsheviks. And, uh, well, there was a Red Army and there was a, a White Army, right? But their ultimate goal was to get rid of the Tsar and get rid of the the, uh, the upper aristocracy of Russia. So that's what they did. Now, Lenin didn't have any money. He's like one of one of Sam's guys. Uh, Look at me. I'm, I'm just a guy. I was just a hard worker. You know? Uh, but so, so what they did was, if they... <laughs> If the Kazarians go in, uh, and now we haven't even brought in the whole Nazi part of this yet. But let's yeah, we'll get the there because right? I want to get into that as well. Yeah, yeah. let's just stay with the Russians for now. So the Germans, a.k.a. you know whatever Kazarians those were, bankrolled Lenin to the tune of, and I forget how many millions of dollars in today's money, but it was like 20 or $30 million. Well, maybe it was 10. I don't know. A lot of fucking money. Back then, so $10 they, million dollars so, was a so, lot of money. So they... So they send Lenin to Russia. Uh, he starts out in uh, what is actually uh, became Leningrad, which is St. Petersburg today, because that's basically kind of like where he was from. And he starts this whole movement of getting people to, you know, uh, to work against the government. The government's repressing you. Uh, the government's taxing you to death. You know, they have everything. Look at how they live, just like they did the French Revolution. What they're doing and, right and now in the United together. States. We got to take these people out. Well, long story short, that's what they ended up doing. So if you really think about who's controlling Russia now, if you believe in this Kazarian Empire, Kazarian Mafia narrative and this theory, like I said, these are just theories. Like, like we don't know this for absolute sure, but there's a lot of evidence that suggests that it's, that it's pretty accurate. So, so what the Russians are now is the Kazarian Empire. And this is why the Kazarian Empire now, if you believe that narrative, is why they're attacking Ukraine again. Because Ukraine and, and Russia, that, that's a long-standing beef. Goes all the way back to all the way back to the Kievan Rus. Dude. When the Kievan Rus defeated them. And and not only that, but the Kazarians were pissed off at the Russians for another reason, because the Russians, and a lot of people don't know this, the Russians were instrumental in America winning the uh, revolution against England. Oh, you don't want to hear that, bro. No, I'm okay with it. But then, all right, so if the Kazarians are the Rothschilds and they own the entire Western banking apparatus, and then they're also Russia, so now they're they're fighting their own war against each other in Ukraine? All the time. 
all the time. Well, well that's that's a good point, Rob, because Russia, for whatever reason, maybe the, these Kazarians and, and and I've thought about this because I because that that kind of goes against itself, right? So, but they do Russia that is one of the is one of the last countries that does not allow a Rothschild central bank. Yeah, and th- and this is and this is where the one kind of. Uh, like stopping point for me in doing my research. Now, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot more research that needs to be done here. But if if Russia, say, is the Kazarian Empire now, they're, they're sucking up the rest of the world's wealth through the central banking system, but they don't want to do that to themselves. So they have to make it look like they're fighting off the Rothschild central bank system when in fact, that's real easy for them to do if that is in fact them to begin with. It's definitely possible, that's man. That, that's, I, I, that to me is really tough uh, because the wealth is – when we're talking about the wealth of the world, the wealth of owning the fictional banking apparatus of, of the West All right. would dwarf what you could be accomplishing with – so if you – like if, if, let's say you were going with that, so then if they – I mean, the investment would be you take your own dollars and maybe you're buying gold or other resources that you're holding physical resources and trying to get out of your phony currency because the currency literally means nothing. You're just creating it, Mm -hmm. you know, monopoly money. I I, I understand because like why if anything, Russia could potentially crash out our system. It's not going to happen. But what if they run on gold? Okay, why don't you think it's going to happen? Because because the Russian ruble is fixing or getting ready to or already is going back on the gold standard. It has. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, no, no. This to me is the most uh, interesting like topic in the world right now is, is America fighting a losing gamble right now? Like for all this talk about sanctioning Russia, if people were to move away from the U.S. dollar, that's They're our money. That, that is our product. That's how we finance everything. It's because we're right. the world currency, right? right? So what happens if it all of a sudden people are like, I don't want the American government just stealing my money with this inflationary currency. And now we're playing with fire because Russia is saying, hey, I'll only sell you my gold for rubles. So the question becomes, are we going to actually be moving away from the U.S. dollar we are. for an alternative currency? We are. And that's okay. already what's happening. It's happening with Iran. It's happening with Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's happening actually with China, where they're all buying into the ruble because they want to get themselves off the U.S. petrodollar, uh, the dollar that's uh, backed by oil, basically, because it isn't backed by anything else. And I don't know how our petrodollar could be backed by oil when, when I mean, when all of our oil, domestic oil has been shut down. So why would our dollar be backed by Saudi Arabian oil? That makes Here's no my sense. thing. Here's my thing. I, I, everybody is doom and gloom, and maybe it's got to get darker before it gets light, but I think this is just... I mean, France used to be a world power. England, I still think, is a world power. But, you know, Germany used to be a world power. This is just, what I think is going to happen is the end of U.S. in, in um, imperialism, which I'm for. Now, have you seen what's going on in Davos with the, the WEF has yeah. their own military police? That's coming. Blue helmets might be coming, and blue helmets will be sent black back in a body bag with blood. Trust me, it's coming, and that's going to be the truth. So I don't know. Well, I would I would say uh, to me, if if you see this uh, Federal Reserve banking apparatus, I think what they're pushing for more is they want to go to the next level, which will be a single world currency that they can basically repeat everything they've done as this one burns out, which would probably be an SDR. That would be, and the guy to 
talk to on that would be Jim Rickards. He's got the most interesting work on that. And then Bitcoin might compete with it. But I just don't see that. I, I don't really see how them both being behind the scenes in Russia and then competing against themselves. Well, with the what, Feder- if it's, what if it's uh, Putin just like Saddam Hussein and all these guys? I mean, uh, I mean, what's his name down in uh, uh, who's the who's the drug lord that Ortega Noriega Noriega was like our guy until one day he doesn't want to be right our guy. I think Putin it has two jobs there. I think his job is to keep the Russian people in control, right? And he's <laughs> he's kind of at this moment. Well, here's the uh, the other thing with Putin though is in terms of world dictators. He's probably the most successful in human history. He's probably worth. He's probably the wealthiest person that's ever lived. He probably has They're a trillion. That he, is, Rob. he probably has They're a trillion that dollars. Putin is the richest. The only yeah. person. The only person that even comes close is uh, like Saudi Arabian royal family, but not. But like, you know who he is. I'm telling you, bro. I'm, but I'm telling you. Tell me. You're, you think that the world's richest dictator of all time with a trillion dollars is secretly a Tazarian? And that he's actually working he with the with, working, I, I th- working on, in tandem quick, with the Rothschilds. So listen, yeah, that he was, was inserted. Theory, guys, he was just ins- he was inserted by who? The Clintons. Yeltsin called up the Clintons. Go, can right. we put Putin in? Putin was losing. Putin had to have that giant that massacre in a the theater to false flag his way in. I'm just saying, dude. Good luck on trusting anybody in that position. He's right. got two jobs there. His job is to make as much money as he can and to keep the Russian people in a certain way. Now, he could come to a come to Jesus moment where he's like, why am I playing this game with these people? I have so much money. Maybe I want to run shit. And maybe that's where it's going. I do think the U.S. government and the U.S. dollar is in for a big shock. We'll see what happens. I think you could see this. I think it's gonna be a good thing, dude. That's just me, and, and it's gotta be. It's gotta so get you worse think it's before be a good it gets. Thing? Yeah, I think that. Wait, what's gonna be a good? Thing? That that we're gonna have to somehow get off the petrodollar. And then, but then that means it's either China or Russia. That's no, that. I maybe, but well, I for think lucky you end up with a Bitcoin. But we'll find out. Well, the life expectancy of any currency is only about 100 years. So here we are in 2022. The biggest crash, uh, Black Monday, was in 1929. So we're coming up on our 100 years. I think what's happening when is did I, the, I would, the people are waking up to the whole system now. It's one big fugazi. I would, I would argue, though, if, if, the financial, if, the current, if the lifetime of a currency is 100 years, I would say that the actual start of the U.S. dollar being its own currency would be bread and woods. Uh-huh. Prior to that, yeah. we're kind of, st- I mean, we're not really gold back, but now we're the currency of the world. People are literally, we're in their reserves to back their currency. Prior to that, it was gold. So from your perspective of a hundred year currency, I mean, I guess we'd have another 50 years from, you know, if you were, because then the count would start with Brenham Woods. <coughs> All right, I'll well, be dead. Well, I, mean, well, I mean, the crashes, like the, cra- it's like, it's like a hundred years between big major crashes. And I think that our financial system is uh, on Bill's life support, like for sure right I agree. now. Yeah. That's why I buy gold like a motherfucker. Fuck bro. yeah, dude. Buying tons of Physical? gold. So, oh yeah, dude, loading it up. Silver, gold, loading it up. And at the worst, I just hand my daughters a ton of fucking gold, <laughs> like a fucking leprechaun and uh, call the day. But yeah, man, I, I, I do believe there are like nobody talk. We're going to have a guest come on and talk about, you know, uh, the Bank of International Settlements. And that to me, Swift, is it. That is that's where you run everything. And there and if you look at like. 
pre 2011, there were like eight countries that weren't on what Ron was talking about, the federal, the centralized bank system. We've invaded all of them. We've invaded since the year 2000, we've invaded each one of those countries to get into this banking system. These are banker wars. So, I mean, we could just believe that this system is just randomly a bunch of evil fucks all came together. Or, I mean, like, when you keep hearing that all these presidents are related, when you hear that, like, Bill Gates, his mom was regu- was cousins with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's dad. Like, it's just like it's the same people over and over, and they just keep changing their names. It's like this small predator class. And whether you want to believe they're Kazarians or not, which is what I believe, that they maybe they're Kazarians. Uh, I, yeah, I probably think they're Kazarians, man. The, the, and then we can get into the Nazis, dude. It's like the Nazis didn't lose World War II. Germany did. The Nazis actually won. Their whole thing was like, if you want to get in some biblical shit, right. Pagans versus non-pagans and the war that comes. So were the Nazis, uh, in in your estimation, were they anti-Kazarians? Because they didn't like the, you know, they tried doing their own banking thing. Well, that's where it gets kind of murky because you say, uh, you know, you go back to the theory, and this also brings the Rothschilds into it, that, that Adolf Hitler was essentially a Rothschild, right? Okay. So, so then, and then you hear that you know uh, the Rothschilds were Ashkenazi Jews. That Adolf Hitler, if he was a Rothschild, that would make him an Ashkenazi Jew, right? So, if they're Ashkenazi Jews, why are they why are they killing off all these Jews that that migrated from you know wherever to Central Europe or or uh, Western Europe, you know, uh, you know, Poland, Germany. Uh, you know, all these, all these other countries or whatever. So, so what would, why would Hitler go after his own people? Now there's a whole, there's a whole, you know, a question as whether the Ashkenazi Jews are what's left of the Kazarian Jews. Right. So, so it has been a lot of studies on that linguist studies that show that they didn't even, didn't even speak the same language, you know, because the Ashkenazi speak Yiddish, which is a combination of a German, a German slang and a Hebrew. And then uh, and they're thinking that the Kazarians spoke something completely different. Dangerous. Right? So, and there's no DNA evidence because, I mean, who who is left? Well, who do they really know who the Kazarians are to take a DNA sample for or from to see if they're actually the same lineage as the Ashkenazis? So if you have the Ashkenazis, which is Hitler, uh, if you believe in the Rothschild theory or story, why would he be killing off other Jews? I mean, that makes no sense to me. So... So I did some more reading about the Kazarians where the Kazarians, you know, being uh, the Kazarian mafia, you know, they were all into the making money thing. And they're the ones that worked with Hitler to set up these work camps because they could put these dissidents or whoever they deemed to be, you know, somebody that needed to be put, you know, in a prison. They turned them into slave labor so that they could produce all their goods and all their wares for nothing. Well, so I mean, could make also more money. So there's, a whole, there's a whole other different, there's a whole other different, like, approach to to that right there you know well with the whole jews versus the jews thing ron also 1915 the rothschilds get signed over the land that would become israel right at 1915 how can you just go right into i'm sorry these are dangerous conversations but if you mm-hmm. have one name that's associated with every moment of this thing, you got to go, is there a connection? Are there dots being connected? You know, it's like IBM and the Rothschilds. 
we all know the, the 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 banking system and whoever you want to say is running it funded both sides of the war. Hitler literally goes, "The gods of war have swung to the other side." What does he mean by that? <laughs> there's no more money coming in. How's he going right. to be able to run this war if there's no money coming in? And well, I think the Nazis had plenty of money, Sam. Sorry to interrupt you, but they had all the gold and all the artwork and everything else that they pilfered Ran out of through all their conquests, right? And, and they're saying that a lot of this gold that was hidden is, is actually what started, like, really pumped up the central banking system. Because you never hear, like, where did the Nazi gold go? And we know they had, uh, in today's money, like, maybe trillions of dollars in Nazi gold, right? But when you talk about, when you talk about, Israel becoming its own nation right after uh, what was it the Belfort doctrine yeah. uh, right right after World War II and then you then when you look back and you do a little bit more research on the Kazarians how they converted to Christianity right but but they took a combination of Christianity and Judaism and and uh, this is where Zionism came from and that's what Rob I wanted I wanted to actually ask you uh, about Zionism because this is when Right after World War II, when they wanted to give the Israel, uh, the Israelites or the Hebrews their own their own home nation, and this is was it nineteen forty eight, I believe, and this and this is when Israel actually became its own state, and 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 this is what's interesting because if the Kazarians had anything to do with that, by their conversion to Christianity, uh, which which in turn became Zionism, and then now they're back in the homeland, so they just did this one great big circle. Uh, what do you have to add on that with Zionism, Rob? I don't think I, I, I don't really have any great insight on the on the Zionism thing. Um, I, I it's not I mean, you got Herzl and you got the Zionists, but then you've got like and there's a narrative, certainly in the Bible of Jews being in Israel that like it would seem like that's kind of one of like the themes of the thing. But right. then I've also met a lot of these, like the Talmudic Jews that we're talking about. They just want to study their Talmud. They almost don't really care what, like, they're just, that's their game. Their game is studying Talmud. And then, like, some of the people, some of, like, those really religious Jews living in Israel, they don't really love the state of Israel. Like, they don't care about the government. They're almost like libertarians in that sense, where, like, they like living there because, like, the themes of the Bible. But when it comes to the state of Israel, like, that they're not into. So, like, I, I definitely think there's a distinction amongst, like, various groups of people. And there's probably some Zionist thing, which is not really. Well, I always say, dude, yeah. not all Jews are Zionists and not all Zionists are Jews. Yeah. That's my the Same opinion. thing with Catholics and Christians. Yeah. It's the same thing. When, yeah. when I was, when I was like in day school, there was definitely, they taught us the Zionism thing, but it was just kind of like, uh, isn't it great that Jews got a homeland and had Israel? It didn't really stretch any further than that. Well, that's Wasn't my, that the basis of Zionism, Rob, yeah. was the, the people that wanted to push for a homeland for the for, uh, you know, push for Israel? Uh, the story, the way the way they like to tell us was that Herzl, I think, was just really didn't like all the anti-Semitism. And he's like, we need a homeland. And he was even looking at buying territory in Africa. But people were uh, like, or Texas, you know, like someone literally said, like, there was yeah. like three places. One of them was like right in the middle of Texas, which listen, man. Here's my whole thing. I think something can start off as one thing and get co-opted. Right. I mean, BLM was like that, right? Black Lives Matter too. We've talked about that. And then, bam, it became this super-duper fucking overly, you know, used as a tool to, to, to get people to want to fight with each other. That's my whole thing, dude. And, like, whatever Hitler was, I don't think he was what we well, what everyone thinks he was because he dies peacefully in Argentina. Right. That to I'll, me, 
I'll speak. The, the, the true thing of Zionism, or I think we're like, it, it's not just Jews because you also have your Christian right that's yeah, really right, pro-Israel. Sure. Right, but exactly. We should not be spending as much money as we do supporting Israel. And then when you have Jews that are living in this country whose voting interest is more aligned, that borders on treason. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, that's where it starts being Dual like... citizenship is a big issue. Yeah. If you're here with the history we've had of countries being like, oh, these fucking two-faced... It's like, yeah, you should be thinking America first. Like, that's the way you should be living. And so, in, in that respect, the relationship that we have with, with Israel and the way that, like, they're financially supported... Uh, and I, I also, it's one of these things. I don't do all my, like, I'm more interested in the financial topics. I don't do all my homework on, like, the Israel-Palestine stuff. But I'm sure they're not totally innocent there. Like, like okay, to give two sides of the story, by regional standards, you know who's the best off in uh, of Arabs? It's if you're an Arab-Israeli. That's the best you're going to do. Like, if you had to roll a dice of, hey, I'm an Arab right. living out of this area, Arab-Israeli is literally your best option. Well, there's also a lot... Listen, man, if you really want to get into it, for me, yeah. is like Israel is a land bridge, which makes it easiest to get well, goods I think from it's Africa just, and, and I, I think Asia for America, it's just, it's your strategic interest that yes, it's a partner. 100%. Same as Saudi Arabia. 100%. We probably took out Iraq over water, because uh, that's like where all the water in the region and flows. And I guarantee you this, dude. I guarantee you this. You are bombarding those people with propaganda, how everybody wants to wipe them off the net. These people are the, when when Israeli uh, politicians are allowed to refer to uh, Palestinians as dogs and animals yeah. openly, right? I, that's all done purposefully. Yeah. That's all done. No, I agree. Purposely. It's nations, borders, religions that divide us. At the end of the day, it's just people. Yeah, and they like want every everybody time. To do it. Every time you meet, like I meet a Palestinian outside of it, it's like it, it's it, you know what it is. It's like uh, it's a Planet of the Apes fear of other that they're coming for me, so I got to come for them. But that's all someone else's construction. It's like you take you flow any, flow anyone from Ramallah to sit right there. I'm sure I'll get along with them just fine. But you have Abby Martin. She goes into Israel and you, she interviews people on the street, and they're like, "Yeah, we should kill Arabs because." There's no they're afraid there. Well, and there's also there's nothing politically at risk to say right. that. Right. So it's kind of like when you watch like anybody on like social media, they're like white people can die and every, they get retweets and right, Twitter's right. like featured tweet. You know, because there's no thing political because it adds to the chaos. Right. It makes people want to fight more. That That's what it's all about. And if there is no consequence for you saying politically incorrect things. You're going to say it. That's just the way it is. It's all, it's layers on layers of loose jacking. That's what they're doing, man. They're allowed to say it because that gets everyone mad at Israel. Then every then the, then the powerful Jews in America get mad because everyone's going after Israel. And it's just all clusterfuck of chaos, bro. But on the average Joe, the average Jane, everyone just wants to raise their family and make a dollar and leave their kids something so they can fucking feel proud about themselves. That's where most people are. I agree. And everything else is this small fringe of 5% that is purposefully getting us to fight with each other by either doing stuff that gets us to fight or allowing people to say crazy shit. I mean, we've seen that. Like, that's a big thing with Twitter right now. Elon Musk is like, 20% of your things are bots. Just think about all the people that get the retweets and all the stupid shit they fucking say. That was done purposefully to get us all to fight with each other. Well, they've been figuring out the algorithm. There's this girl that I found out that she retweets her own things for other seven accounts. She's like, once it gets to seven accounts, then it starts rolling its balls. If I don't retweet my own stuff, sometimes the algorithm doesn't catch it. 
Yeah, well, people are like always fake. Yeah, text, those are, yeah. Uh, commenting for the algorithm, positive, you know, and it's just, it's all, su- it's all deep. Like, when everybody's related, you got to go, what is going on here? And that's why I always say that the, whether it's Kazarians or, like, we had a guy on the other day, like, the Persian Empire is still pulling strings. So how do we find these Kazarians and kill them? How do we, how do we get this done? How do we track them down? I, I, well, I, go well that's the big secret of who is who actually is the Kazarians. Because if we know that the Rothschilds are the front people, who are the people behind the curtain? We got to torture Rothschilds. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, gonna have to Water torture them to get the real answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I think it's like what Sam said. You know, when you guys were talking about the Pezos, I mean, the Pezos is the one, the, the one of the probably wealthiest, uh, most powerful families there are that nobody knows about. Nobody right? even. Do you know about the Peso yeah. family? No. no, you don't. Nobody even knows was about. The, these was the Peso dudes. named after them? No, no. maybe. It's I wouldn't bizarre. doubt it, it's dude. Bizarre. I think it's bizarre, Peso, right? Peso, bizarre. I don't know, dude. He got really angry. That's his yeah, money. That's right. my, yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's, that's just down, but it's my I mean, I think. I mean, that's You know, I think it's kind of a French name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. No, it is. It's from P A Y S E U R. We did. We did a show on it, and literally all four of the tech companies hammered me on one week. All coordinated together. Bang, bang, bang. And well, what does that tell you, Sam? Yeah. Well, that, you're that's a word not power. to be mentioned. That's a, pro- that's a protected no-go zone. Yeah. And they, they yeah. have children yeah. born that don't even get in the system. They don't get social security numbers. They don't get registered. They just... They just live in this level of God amongst men. You think when you're born, 100%. so they're you not think when part you're born, of the time system. Right. You think when you're born as a Rothschild, like you think you're told? Because it's probably not in your last name. It's probably it's down the lineage. Do you still think you're told? Or when do you think when you're 18? Like, hey, dude. No, I think you join a fraternity at Yale. <laughs> <laughs> you're asking me, dude, is they are just put through the grinder. What That's I want to know is who, what is Hitler's kid's last name? Ooh, you know yeah. that they they live in they they live in America. They know they who they York are, City, probably, and yeah. they're like working at Kinkos, getting yelled at by their boss, <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, if you only knew, if you only knew." Hitler's oh. kids probably don't even know that they're Hitler's kids, but I can almost guarantee you that they're out there somewhere. And that's bet, something I've been working on for a long time. I bet everyone. I'm with you, Sam. I think I think Hitler lived out his days in Argentina, between Argentina and Colombia, back and forth. I bet there are signs like every once in a while you sneeze and you end up hailing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was okay when the Romans did it, but the Germans—that's yeah. a no-go. Every once in a while, you just start yelling and you find yourself in a rhythm and you're like, I kind of sound like Hitler right now. <laughs> if you really, really go deep into the into the darkest areas of conspiracy, there's, you know, Hitler was a good guy. A lot of this was propaganda. But I just think, like, why is a good guy allowed to die in Argentina peacefully if if he's really anti this whole... I mean, the people who are going to argue with you on that, they'll think that they believe those dental records that he died in germany so you know what i mean, I mean no i i, get I could you. get a toe anywhere yeah i know i, I and yeah. so my and, whole if thing those is, are his teeth his teeth were fucked I mean, <laughs> have you seen the dental records that supposedly well his teeth he were fucked because he was a tweaker he had dude. like four teeth left yeah, that makes sense four yeah, real teeth yeah. and a he metal jaw doing tweak bro tweaking his ball he thought he was getting hit with vitamin b and they were just hitting him with the fucking tweaker sauce I bet you was yeah, he was on, on, he was on uh, he was on a med uh, that his doctor I think his doctor was Morel who was a quack had him all jacked up every day on something he called Vitamultin. Well, that's why I don't believe he. Some people her- think heroin he and cocaine, and then and then you had pervitin, which was the uh, methamphetamines that they fed the troops yeah. to make them into uh, Ubermensch, you know, uh, super troops. Yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, even some of the American military, they have an, amphetamines in their uh, Oh, yeah, and that's right? why that's my joke. That's why Germany lost the wars, because they were all tweaking, and they stopped fighting. They just wanted to suck each other's dicks <laughs> in the bunkers. <laughs> that's why I don't believe he lived a long time, though, because if you see yeah. those videos of him at the... Some people think he lived in, like, Antarctica, you know, for yeah. 20 more years. If you see those videos of him greeting the children at the right near the end of the war the guy is is on yeah. death's doorstep i mean his hands are shaking he looks yeah, there's a theory there's a theory that there's no that, way that man lived yeah. more than a couple years there's a theory that. that his doctor was trying to kill him of course that the other nazi yeah, doctors hated Johnny, him yeah, yeah they yeah. they just loaded they, him with drugs it's like there's no way you'd give someone that you wanted to function that much shit and, and it was another theory that he had parkinson's also yeah i buy that well That's dude saying, i mean Putin. we've also seen that all of these these people that did hard drugs for a long time got Parkinson's. I mean, like, for, you just look at the 70s and cocaine. All those people that were doing just ice cream scoops of cocaine were fucking shaking towards the end. I get accused of it all the time like because I'm super tweaky. But, you know, just like that's what they did. Mitzi, Robin, uh, uh, R- R- Richard Pryor, uh, Robin Williams, they all got Parkinson's at the end. And we're shaking and getting fucking weird. I mean, we got fucking Michael J. Fox was doing Molly like every day. Really? Doing Molly all the fucking time. And that's why well, he he's got- the poster boy for Parkinson's now. Right? right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it- this Carlin doc, I just watched it, man. Carlin said he would stay up for six days at a time on Coke, dude, and just be having full blown. He would be talking at the top of his voice for six days and then have to go do two hours and he just had no voice and he would get out of it. He had a doctor that would write him notes, said he had laryngitis, you know, to get out of it because he couldn't talk. Uh, but yes, can but you, I mean, imagine that, what that long, does yeah. going that hard. Well, yeah, I mean, his heart eventually is what got him too because of all that. At shit. like what, 80? No, he was like 70. But yeah, I mean, he made it up pretty good, like 71, something like that, 75 maybe. He looked horrible if he was only 70. Will you look that up? I mean, he looked 80. I saw him towards the end. 71, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you, when you see the pictures of Hitler that Rob was uh, you know, talking about, like Hitler was only in his 50s when he allegedly committed suicide. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't very old at all. Are you yeah, talking but, about him at the end? When yeah, he, he was going to die anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he was, when he come out of the bunker right at the end, and he Greeting was, uh, you know, kids, uh, right? yeah. yeah, talking to all the little Hitler youth kids. Yeah, I'll see. You know, yeah, I mean, he, he looked kids. like he was seventy five. In actuality, he was only in his fifties at the time. Hold on, let me see. If I Do you guys think that one kids uh, show with the where they they have the like what's the impl- what's the kid show where they walk around and like. With the weird scuba gear on. What is that? The scuba gear. Uh, what's it? And they think it's based on like kids in the Holocaust camp. Uh, the implorables. The in- what is that one? Hold on. Sorry about that. Yeah. Look. I mean, just look how rough he looks here, dude. I've never seen this. This is him right near. Yeah, the you'll see. There, you'll see. There's a shot when his when his hand is behind his back and it's shaking like crazy. Yeah. Could be cold. And what these are? These are these are the Hitler Youth that have been brought up to active duty, essentially to defend the city. To defend Berlin. Yeah. yeah. To what? They, they, they were going to see fight? his hand trembling. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. shaking. He looks like such a sweet old guy. Like he's going to serve you a scoop of ice cream. Right. Well, look, I mean, he just got that Biden look in his eye. He's just gone <laughs> at this point. You can tell. That well, you know, that. one of the theories is that Himmler was actually running the show towards the end. And Himmler, he was a bad actor. Absolutely. So he was the head of the SS, which he was essentially second in command to the Fuhrer. And he was responsible for the concentration camps. And 
And then, of course, there's uh, the conspiracy theory that uh, Hitler knew nothing about those, which, you know, I don't, it's a pretty hard one to believe. But, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, but they me. kept that quiet. I mean, Can a lot of people in moment? the world, I, I had a great uncle that was uh, uh, part of a uh, group of American soldiers that come across some of the first con- concentration camps. I'll tell you what, that messed him up, too. That gave him major like PTSD when he yeah, came home. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the stories of the people, the the, yeah. the soldiers who ca- encountered those. So, yeah, who was that again? Your, you said your uncle, my great uncle. Yeah, your great there's uncle. A, wow. There's a great yeah. scene in Band of Brothers, which if you've never seen Band of Brothers, oh, it's the greatest wonderful. piece of propaganda ever made. <laughs> yeah. I watch that to it's this wonderful. day, and I'm like, yeah, I want to go too. join the U.S. Absolutely, Army. Absolutely, dude. Like, fuck yeah, we're the greatest. <laughs> it's amazing. But there's a scene where the U.S. soldiers come across like uh, in the woods. And they go back and they're like, we don't know what we just confronted. It really captured what you're describing pretty well. That's a fun conspiracy, though, that Hitler didn't know. Can you imagine the day when he found out? He's like, wait, you've been doing what? Yeah. We could have used them. Yeah. That would have been I would, that would have been my thing. I was like, we could have used them. I did, I did wonder where all the Jews went. But I, mean, I never thought to ask. Well, you know, when you talk about Hitler being uh, you know, into the occult, that was actually Himmler that was into the occult. And then he had his, uh, I think it was called Vigelsberg uh, Castle, where all the SS, uh, like the upper SS people would go for their, you know, quote unquote training. Uh, and this is where that insignia of the Black Sun was on the main floor. And this is the insignia that this uh, shooter had, which they in turn tied into the Azov Battalion of the Nazis that are fighting in Ukraine, right? That we're funding right this now. Is the Black, the Black Sun people. emblem is actually uh, something that Himmler uh, used because Himmler wasn't to the occult. I mean, he sent people all over the world to try to, you know, find Shambhala or find Shangri-La or whatever. He sent people to Tibet. And, uh, and of course, you know, then there's the whole conspiracy theory that Hitler or whatever top Nazi said, well, we had divine help and we had help from, you know, them pointing up to like extraterrestrials. Well, that's so, a- I mean, that, that whole thing uh, goes into, uh, you know, who was really in charge over there? I mean, Hitler. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he was the head of it, but I think you'll he- find Himmler was. Teamed was up the with the wrong aliens. Really ran the show. Did he, he was though? Was a chicken farmer. Well, he he was lost, a chicken farmer. So. Did he? I mean, like, what if he his job was so oh, just to so stir f- the shit up and then and then to move to Venezuela? Well, I mean, the whole thing Jews? was like, what if you wanted like basically destroy Europe, right? right? Which you did. Why do you die peacefully in Argentina? Why do all of your why why do they go to well, Antarctica? I'll ask, I'll ask you a different question. Okay. Okay. Fine. So your theory: aliens they aliens. Ta- they task Hitler with fucking up Europe. No. 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 They task him with super weapons like the Nazi Bell time machine. Mm-hmm. Or or yeah. okay. Now we're getting into some more stuff that maybe aren't yours. But what what a great way to build up the American empire in which you have complete and utter control of now because right. it's a brand new country. So the only in politics, typically speaking, like when you have your pawns and they, their utility comes to an end, you usually don't make good on your promises. What do you mean? You usually kill those people. That's what yeah, I'm you saying. Don't keep your word. But you, what you if he what didn't lose? And then you dispose. No, of them I'm after. saying if Hitler's role was to go and do this whole thing, Whoever made him. whoever yeah. made him a promise of yeah you're gonna go retire in Venezuela they don't make good on that promise we don't know it's what like, if- here's, this would just be like a modern day example uh, uh what's his name uh, so you think Jeffrey Epstein's dead. No, Jeffrey Epstein. Because he would be, be a pawn. Well, it's would like, save it's him. like it's he like might... killing the assassins in the Kennedy thing. It's it, it's the equivalent of that. It's, it's no, no, leaving no trail of it. That's, right. I mean, I I agree with him. I think if it was that kind of thing, there's no way they're gonna make with that promise. They're they're gonna so, off the guy. There's no. Well, my whole theory is, 
if if you've created a certain scenario, right? That that and the Nazis are the good guys. I mean, or or from the from the banking organization, the good guys, right? Not they're not good guys, but they've they've done their job, right? Yeah, but they, like, they're used up now. You know, they're they're they have no yeah. But, the, but what if the, what if what if his his job was done and his crew won? And he's like, yeah, dude, I'm going to chill. And uh, I mean, obviously, but he didn't define say Define one that he filled, fulfilled. What was his mission that he destroyed Germany? Okay. And then so who's and the, Europe. Fine. Who's the person that tasked him with the mission? The banking organization. Okay. Banking organization tasked Hitler. Yes. Hitler completes his mission. Yes. You think that from then they go, all right, we're going to make good of our good on our promise what? and you can go live in Venezuela. But risk, what if risk, he's wait, one wait, of Sam, them? Sam, here's why they don't do it. Because, okay, let's say. So you're saying no, you don't believe me, that well, he died but, in Argentina? I, I don't really know. But why risk him getting Alzheimer's? And, you know, maybe he starts to get a little chatty toward the end. Not because he wants to, but because yeah, he's but, got mental but, but, but you have to understand when this was. He where he was and when this there wasn't the internet he couldn't go yeah, on no, Snapchat. One, going, one, I'm feeling no, no, sassy no, no, no. today. He's, let no, me tell you. Think, wait, wait, I think Sam, if you're no, the no, no, no. He's elite. the most famous face in the history of the planet. Well, he just has point, to though. shave the mustache, and who really noticed? Yeah, yeah. and then he's some German no, doctor. He stumbles yeah. onto the streets and like, hey, I'm Adolf Hitler. And then yeah, in the, the middle of nowhere, bro. And ends up everywhere. You know how you know you'd spot Hitler? They found Eichmann, dude. Come on, they found Eichmann. Here's how you spot Hitler. I'm telling you, the farts. Yeah, no one farted like Hitler. That guy had stomach problems the whole war, dude. That's why he was, he was dropping bombs. Oh my god! As a vegetarian, like, yeah, exactly. he really Respect. destroyed digestive tract. Yeah. yeah, no, that's Respect. true. That's that's what's fun about Hitler. Like you think of like some confident guy thinks he's going to win. There's a dude just making diary in a bunker, and his own <laughs> private doctors just hopping him up on amphetamines to keep him going. And he he did not want to be living that life. So he when, was he was supposed to be an artist, and he so got to see him like yelling and screaming just oh, so it's like exactly. That guy's getting well, the gas. Yeah, this so loud, theory yeah. of why why Hitler, you know, had his dislike for the Jews, and, and I know this is kind of far off, but right. you know, Hitler aspired to be an artist, like Rob just said. You know, when he went into uh, to Vienna to become an artist, and he and he kept trying to get enrolled into this famous art school in Vienna, and the man that turned him down was was a Jew professor. Yeah, I mean, like it's also something to do that's with his mom. mom. I mean, the Jews like did that. deserve it. <laughs> And it's just like, I mean, it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff that just starts getting deeper and deeper. And maybe in the next fucking 500 episodes, we'll get into that. For that but reason, I understand why he did that to the Jews more. That's what I'm saying. I that's mean, a, that's dude, a, that's a, that's a I wanted to get in art school yeah, and nobody did that. And it's trauma like, right there. Sam, I can come trauma. back and we could talk about the Fourth Reich. That's a great subject. Oh, yeah. We, we'll do that. I'm totally down. I love this episode. It was a great episode. Uh, so real quick, Ron, tell them again where they can find you. Uh, okay, you can find me on Instagram at Ron from New England, all one word. And uh, the Wicked Planet podcast also has a page on Instagram. Come and give me a follow. Uh, we're looking for some more followers, uh, trying to get some more listeners. My podcast is the Wicked Planet podcast. It's based out of New Hampshire. Uh, that's why they call me Ron from New England. It's my little alias. I think everybody knows who I am now. But uh, you can find me uh, wherever podcasts are played. It's basically out there. Uh, and you can also find it on our buddy Mark's uh, set up there, Alt Media United. Nice, nice. And Sam, thanks for having me on. You know, I, I had a good time the last time we got together, and I was looking forward to this. This was looking a great episode. Coming on again. You had to follow Santos Panacci, and I was like, you know, good luck, and you <laughs> yeah. crushed it. So, 
Rob, uh, tell them where they can find you and also plug your buddy's stuff. Too. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, Robbie the Fire on all social media. My podcast is the Run Your Mouth Podcast. I have my friend Steven with me, who's the resident non-scientist of my show. Uh, he's done a couple episodes where he's really gone deep on everything COVID and been right on everything. You can go down the archives and find that. Uh, and then I'm currently doing summer porch tour. It's house parties. We're throwing parties, people's living rooms, backyards, Damn. getting out there, concerts, live podcasts, all sorts of fun stuff going on. So uh, I'll give you guys the link. Are for the you episode. still with Dave? I have a couple tour, a couple gigs with Dave, but mostly. Podcast? How you do his podcast? Yeah, I'm still part of the problem over there. He doesn't, he, you know, he gets all his shine. Come check out Run Your Mouth. That's okay, where we need. Okay, that's okay. Where we need Go the check folks. out Run Run Your Mouth. Yeah. Podcast. All right, man. I love talking to you. Always sorry if it got a little weird, buddy. But loved uh, it. Yeah, man. This is where we have these conversations. And guess what? The walls didn't bleed. The world didn't <laughs> fucking implode on itself. You could have a fun conversation. I hope to see you guys in Michigan. I hope to see you guys next week in Ohio. Grab your tickets. If not, daddy's not coming back. We're doing well. <laughs> and uh, I love, I, dude, I love doing these gigs. And uh, I appreciate you guys very much. And thank you guys for the support. I hope you loved the la last couple episodes because they have been fire. So thank you for your support. And uh, talk to you soon. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. There's, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.